Give me a go, no go for launch. Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. I was gonna say something that was not true. I, I don't know why we do these. Let's make film history. We are go for launch. Hey everybody, welcome to the Oval Sideways Podcast. Uh, it is episode, what episode are we on? I didn't even look at that. 207. It's episode 207 of the Almost Sideways podcast. And we're live on YouTube as this is our big top 10 movie reveal episode of 2022. Uh, I'm Terry. We've got Zach. We've got Todd. We've got Adam. The whole crew's here. How's it going, guys? It's a great time. It's a great time to be alive. Let's do I it. I can't believe we've made it 207 episodes. And it's amazing that I think between us, we've probably watched 207 different movies in 2022, at least, right? At least. We could have done an episode for each 2022 movie. No, that, that would have been an entertaining at all. <laughs> it feels like we did. Probably, yeah. Between the, the three different shows we had, yeah, we probably did that many episodes. Todd, do you have any money on the games going on? Uh, Well... I have I had a parlay with the Bills first half, which hit barely, and with uh, Kirk Cousins over one half rushing yard, and he got one rushing yard. So unless they have a design run at some point and he loses yardage, I think I'm going to hit that one. Kirk Cousins is known for his rushing skill. Doesn't a kneel down count as negative rushing yards, though? Team rushing yards. Oh, it doesn't count as as uh, individual rushing yards. Interesting. Yeah, he's got one yard right now on a one-yard <laughs> touchdown. He got like a negative receiving yard, too. That was kind of interesting. Hey, how about we just scrap the whole top 10 episode and just live stream our reactions to Giants-Vikings? Because that give, would be Give a thumbs up on YouTube if you like that idea. <laughs> My reaction like, to that is... That like button. Oh, wow. Oh, oh man. <laughs> we got the sound effect. We are entering the 21st century. We are on the are. sideways podcast. So I, I will um I will add hope, before we get started, I want to add this thing right here just so that I would feel like a 2022 movie here. I got a googly eye on my forehead, and I think it would be it's fitting to do so. Very nice. Well done. Well played. Well played. Well, make sure you are uh subscribing subscribing, rating and reviewing to our podcast wherever you can find it. Here are a bunch of different places you can find our podcast. It's kind of outdated a little bit. There's a few more on there that should be on there now, but uh, wherever you find your podcast, you'll find Almost Sideways. And again, we're on YouTube. Hopefully uh, you can be, we've got four watching us now. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And uh, and we're planning on maybe being a little more on YouTube moving forward too. All right. Let's get into this. The important part. What are we drinking? Oh, Look at yes. that picture. That, Isn't that that's beautiful? A, that is like a PNG from 20 years ago. Look at that uh, pixelization there and the... You know, it's not like, one of my finest edits. Okay, it's like a I raster admit. image. You zoom into it; it's just a big old mess. It's beautiful. I, it kind of looks like a nice bar, though. It does. It does. Look like a nice That's bar. true. Yeah, the bar does look nice. All right, Zach, what do we got? I'm still uh, remarkably 15 days in dry January. I don't know what to do with my time except for waste three hours on podcasts like this, I guess. But it's uh, it's dry January, but this is this is the this is the highlight of dry January always is to uh, pretend I can be drunk on this annual uh, uh, masquerade uh, slash uh, celebration smorgasbord of great insights. Well done. Well done. I thought it was going to be a cheat day today. 
I, I thought there was, an, there was I'm a gonna, chance. I think I'm going to cheat day in about 16 days. Okay. Okay. Oh, perfect. At the end of the month. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Todd, what do you got? Uh, I'm drinking Irish whiskey and ginger ale because, of course. Uh, very nice. Very nice. Adam? All right. So yesterday, quick little story time with Adam. I went on a double date with Todd. I met Ashley. A really fun, awesome time. I ordered a whiskey sour. However, I paid 15 bucks for a giant ice cube. That was really frothy for some reason. Yeah, and it, he got a cherry with it too. He got a cherry. I'm like, that's not what a whiskey sour is supposed to look like. So I just made myself like a, a Jack and Coke instead. So at a protest. So, I mean, you've Cheers. you've probably still got some of that whiskey sour mix at home that you've been toting on the podcast for the last month and a half. No, 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 no. I, I that's gone already. Oh, it's I, gone. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm hoping for the third straight appearance. Yeah, it was one. Of- well, wait a second. I think we need to hear a little bit more about this double date. Was this like, you know, Catherine Heigl and Seth Rogen on a date with Pete and Debbie? I mean, was it like, you know, taking Doc Brown back in the time machine so you guys could screw each other? I mean, what, it sounds like an awesome there, double date. A little bit of that, but uh, yeah, it was I don't know. It was, a, it was a really tiny venue that had live music, so we honestly couldn't really hear each other. And we were sitting very close to each other. So it was interesting, but it was fun. And the food was really good. It was a, yeah, it was was a Cajun cool. restaurant. Yeah, it was pretty It was pretty nice down in the local Puyallup area. So it's a pretty, it was pretty cool. Really loud Kenny G wannabe music. So it was pretty cool. Loud Cajun restaurants in Puyallup. It, it, they should sponsor our podcast. This is free, free promotion right now. No, yeah. no. Just like Rich Rock Walker Brewery. And what brewery did you get there, Terry? Yeah, I, I did not go to the brewery. Oh, it's been a while since I've been to Ridgewalk. I got to get back there. But uh, yeah, I um, this is the first time in a while I didn't like go out and get a six pack for this uh, for this episode. But that's because I've got remnants of a whole lot of six packs in the fridge. So I went with an oldie but a goodie. This is uh, the Mexican Cocoa Death. Ooh, there we go. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. And you didn't pour it into a glass. I did not pour it into a glass. That would have required me to remember to grab a glass before i came upstairs to the office to record so <laughs> yeah that is a, that is the half the battle it is it is all right well let's not waste any more time we've got a ton to talk about as we review 2022 and uh and get into the best of the year and at the end of this we will be revealing our our website's top five of the year based on what we have as our top tens and uh and all that fun stuff we got a lot to do so let's get into this we're gonna start with talking about some stats on what we've watched how much we've watched and all that stuff throughout the year and i think i'll start on this we'll kind of go in order of how we are on the screen so we'll go me zach todd adam so for me uh i uh i watched a lot of movies this year and uh more than i normally do like this is, uh, I looked at it. I've watched 89 2022 movies. That nice. was, do we have a round of applause? That was a banner year in the old Bender household there. Damn. <laughs> puts it, this puts it third all time in most watched like wow. years for me. So, you uh, picked a better year. And, uh, Todd was giving me crap about my, uh, my thumbs up percentage before we got on here. This year it's at a 66% is my thumbs up percentage. So I gave 59 thumbs up out of, out of 89 movies. And I also do a rating of my movies out of a hundred and uh, 80 and above is a, uh, is a thumbs up 79 below is a thumbs down. 
my average score for a movie this year was 80.79. So I think that's about, that's about right. Right on the line. We got a a comment. Hey, we got a comment. Who wants to read this? Well, 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 if it isn't Mr. Sideways. There we go. Do they know our brand? What is Mr. Sideways? I think that's a different (laughs) YouTube channel. (laughs) Who's Mr. Sideways? We're all lined up. We're all sideways. Yeah. Okay, I should talk about this one. Any movies going to mention more than once? I I set the over under last night when I was really thinking about it at seven and a half overlaps. Total crazy. That's way too high. Zero movies or zero point five on all four lists, and I would bet the under and the on on three lists. I would say it's it's more like one and a half. It'd be the over under for being on three lists or more. So, so what, do, you, do you remember what the over under was last year, Todd? And if we hit, I, I said it pretty low last year. I think I put it at like four and a half, and it went over. I think we ended up with like eight or nine. Okay, all right. I Let's would get go back well to our... under seven and a half. Well under seven and a half. Well, uh, maybe under. maybe like three point four five or something like that. He's taking the under. Zach's taking the under. Well, looking at last year, we ended up. Um, with five overlaps last year so you wrote it down <laughs> oh yeah i keep track of well so then why'd I, you ask it, that's me? that's live well i didn't know what the what you said the, the banter over under maybe i put it lower than that thing because i remember it going over like early yeah and like it, it was over before we got halfway through so i don't maybe know i put it like three and a half or two and a half all know. right Zach, give us your stats. Well, for, before I do, Terry, one thing we learned on the LA Confidential podcast this year, you tend to keep secret lists. Is there any secret <laughs> 2022 list we don't know about? That there you're there not is no disclosing? secret lists. No. Okay. Good Good to know that we know of. Um, all right. So uh, my I saw 93 movies this year. Um, and, oh, there we go. There wow. we go. I got a podcast face. What can I say? Uh, and... Um, I saw 93 movies. Uh, my thumbs up. I saw 56 of them were thumbs up. And that is, according to my records, a 60.2 percentage. Now, I do not scale, uh, uh, rate things on a scale of 1 to 100. But, I mean, I had a hell of a time figuring out what qualifies as a movie and what isn't a movie. What qualifies as a 2022 or not 2022 so I was pretty strict. For example, I do not consider Petite Mama a 2022 movie, even though I probably should. Um, I don't know. I, it, it, it's really it's, it's hard to match. So there might be some ambiguity on my top 10 list about some of these titles, but uh, hopefully we don't get into a situation. All I can say is, sadly, Megan is not a 2022 movie. And if it was, it would definitely make my list. Oh. Fiona. Fiona just waved hi for a solid minute. Hi, well, that's Fiona. That's what we should do. Just wave hi for a solid minute back to her. Hi, Fiona. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Isn't Fiona also the name of uh, Scotty doesn't know? Like Sc- Scotty's girlfriend is Fiona. Todd would yes. know this, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Are you aware of that, Terry? Uh, no. That's, that's where they got it from. Oh, I guess that is. No. Yeah. It wasn't from <laughs> Shrek. All right, Todd, your turn. Uh, my total movie scene is 144, which is up Low from one, 141 in 2021. So I actually saw more than I did last year. I thought okay, that was a lot. Mind, then. Um, and uh, my thumbs up percentage is 58.33%, which is really high considering 
I think every single year I've ever kept track, it's been between 50 and like 52%. So it's up a decent amount by like probably 10 or so movies. So that's pretty cool because it was 50.35% last year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of I, I had a lot more movies that were kind of in the middle, but uh, at the top and the bottom, there was a lot less populated. So it, there are a lot of two and a half, three star movies in there. There we go. Bad. All right. Bad. All right. Adam, you're next. <sighs> OK, what are stats? I don't know. I had a 230 batting average this season. No, um, I had 99 movies watched this year, which is a little was like down by five. I think last year, if I remembered. Uh, so I, I think I gave like a 58% uh, thumbs up uh, rating. So a pretty, a pretty uh, solid year. Uh, only not that many four star films this year, I would say. Do we want to say how many four star films we gave or is that giving too much I, away? I right think we'll, I, we can say that a little later. Yeah. That, that'll come okay. up a little later. Still. When are we going to say the movies that we didn't get to get to? Right before we start, I think that we did. Okay. Right before the top, like the actual 10, number 10. Yeah, yeah, I, th- oh. I think we can do that. All right. Well, of course, every good top of the year list starts with the worst of the year. Yes. So let's talk about the bottom five of the year for each person. And I think we'll just go through five to one. Each of us go through. So I'm first up on this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do it. All right. So- <laughs> Let's be clear, I was booing not, the movies, not yeah, they're you. not booing Terry. They're booing <laughs> <the> movies. <laughs> Let's be clear first. Uh, sure all right, number five. Like Can we boo bad picks? Could that be a thing? Like, let's say someone puts, you know, like... We don't all have access to the button. Oh. Well, yeah, only only Adam and I have access to the buttons. So. Okay. You can text me privately. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. All right, well, my bottom five of the year starts at number five with Moonfall. Ah, uh, nice. It was, uh, yeah, that was a great one. Um, it actually had some decent like promise, but it really went off the deep end and not not that great. Number four was a movie that actually has been getting some pretty good critic uh, acclaim, but I just didn't get it, and no, not at all. Corsage hated it. Interesting, hated it. I just wow. saw, I gave it three and a half stars. So yeah, uh, we just talked about this last night. Too, yeah, no, Corsage. It was it was boring. It was lifeless. It was uh, it it thought it was important and really was not at all what it was trying to do so that's number four number three rosaline the uh the romeo and juliet ex-girlfriend movie uh with uh chris endeavor just horrible boring not funny at all uh number two one of the first movies i saw of the year the king's daughter with no. Pierce Brosnan uh, and the the last I think last film appearance by one William Hurt, uh, which is a bummer. It, apparently, it had been on the shelf for like three years, and they finally put it out. And maybe it should have stayed on the shelf. And number one, I think this might be a, at least somewhat unanimous, and that's the bubble. I, in in terms of of most disappointing and uh, and just bad in general, that's that's my worst of the year. Nice. So, all right, there we go. Switching it up. Oh wait. Whoa, oh, there we go. All right, Zach, you're up. There we okay. go. Okay. Uh, my bottom five. I mean, I don't. I, there's nothing particularly interesting about the list. These are horrible movies. I would have never seen them had I not been asked to by the podcast. So, uh, number five is Thor: Love and Thunder. 
Uh, I really don't even remember much about that movie except for Christian Bale and the opening. And um, gosh, Natalie Portman, just I awful. I Why did I see it? I have no idea. Uh, I was never going to like it. Uh, number four, Jurassic World Dominion. We're starting to see a theme here. Um, I think more for that one just because wasn't it like two hours and 40 minutes? Like, <laughs> it was on. long. Give, give me a freaking break. That's insane. Uh, number three, Amsterdam. Now, Amsterdam does start getting into territory of being truly awful, okay? And that is the second Christian Bale appearance in my bottom five, so that's that's got to be some kind of record. Uh, number two is uh, future 2022 Best Picture winner, Elvis. Uh, it, had, it certainly provided some of the best content that we had this year, so it couldn't be really the worst because it was actually entertaining listening to you guys shit on my review of it, which I stand by. It's terrible. And frankly, Austin Butler, in real life, he sounds like Elvis, so it's not even a performance, okay? It's not a good performance because he sounds like that on stage. Uh, and uh, number, I just, I just, I'll save that thoughts for later. Uh, number because Elvis is probably gonna be on Terry's list. Number one <laughs> is uh, the bubble. I think at this point, the bubble is the worst movie I've certainly seen in the last 10 years. I think it's worse than downsizing. I think it's worse than Space Jam. It's really making a run for the one of the worst movies I've ever seen, if not the worst. Uh, yeah. That's all I got. I if if does overlap count with b bottom five movies? Because then we would definitely be hitting the you know plus seven and a half and going over. So I think I think the, the bubble, bubble is the only one of your bottom five I didn't give thumbs up to. So nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you gave thumbs up to Amsterdam. Yeah, I did. I don't, I don't I remember did. that. Wow. I, mean, I went watching watch it during the Mariners playoff game. <laughs> yeah. He was the only one wow. in the theater. He's watching the Mariners. The one in the theater game. watched the Mariners while I watched Amsterdam. Well, great. that in that sense is almost justified giving thumbs up. If you're not paying attention to it and you're enjoying the Mariners on your it phone. It was like the eight run comeback game. That yeah, that was I was watching it while I was watching Amsterdam. That's the not theater. fair. That that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's like that's kind of like you falling asleep in a movie and still giving it thumbs up. Right, right. Or like, you know, I yeah. I don't know. I, All I right. have a good metaphor. Dodd. That's not fair. Fraudulent. <laughs> boo! Uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Wait, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Where's the boo? I missed the boo. I missed the boo. Where's the boo? There it is. Yeah, bring it. Okay. Um, my fifth worst movie is a movie. Uh, it's like a horror thriller thing called Choose or Die that I oh, watched yeah, like definitely. on Halloween night. It was very bad. I don't even remember who's in it. Uh, my fourth worst movie is The Bubble. I, I, apparently, I liked it a little bit more than you guys, but it is uh, truly a train wreck by a great filmmaker. Uh, my third worst movie is Home Team, the <laughs> movie about Sean Payton, which I despised. And uh, for some reason, Zach thought it was like a really, really good movie. I don't really understand why. Um, White Noise is my second worst movie of the year. Oh, and uh, I, I should probably give it zero stars, but I just couldn't because it couldn't go below Love and, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, which is yes. a just a, atrocious and um, overproduced, and yet still looks bad. And the acting is horrible, as it is in all of those Thor movies. Um, yeah, and if you're keeping track, that is four Netflix movies and Thor. So <laughs> uh, if you don't think Netflix had an off year, then th those four shitty movies, uh, I should change your mind. I've got a I've got home team as my number ten worst and white noise is my number eleven worst. So yeah, I'm showing that I gave home team a thumbs down. I don't remember liking it. I certainly liked it more than you guys, but it's not a good movie. I mean, I'll, I'll, I will agree with that. But it, I you know I found it more charming than you guys did. 
Yeah, yeah. You you were you were trying to defend it on a podcast where we were all destroying it. And uh I think about a month later you said, Why was I defending this? Yeah. Now when Sean Payton becomes coach of the Rams, can we have the sequel with Kevin James back coaching, you know, Baker No, it need, the sequel needs to be when he becomes coach of the Broncos and has to try and figure out how to manage Russ. Oh, there Ooh, we go. There we go. That's a good one. That'd yeah. be good. All right, Adam, bottom five. All right. (laughs) That was was fairly scant. You need some stronger booze. What happened with the booze? Did somebody turn on the booze? I can't find the booze. I need some booze right now, but it's dry January. (laughs) (laughs) Now I feel like you're just booing me. Okay, that was the joke, but it's past too late. Okay, number five for me, I have the movie called The Monsters, another Netflix movie with directed by Rob Zombie. They made a monster movie? Yeah, but it wasn't advertised to anybody of relevant. I talked about this last night. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't made for diehard Rob Zombie fans, and it wasn't made for fans of the TV show. It was made because Rob Zombie loves the monsters, and uh, when his wife is the best thing about the movie, that's kind of a not a great sign. Uh, number four, I have Firestarter, that Zach Efron oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, number three, I have um, Monstrous, which is a Christina Ritchie horror movie from this year. Uh, thought it was going to be something more entertaining, but it was really, really boring. Number two, The Bubble. <laughs> there we go. Quad declined. The bubble. Yeah. What well, I don't Is that remember. The first any. quad bottom five listed. No, it's probably Space Jam. or Space Jam. Space yeah. Jam. Yeah, it's Space Jam. Yeah, too. it could be up there. Uh, and number one, my least favorite film of last year is Jeepers Creepers Reborn. It's Jeepers Creepers Four. The when you have a person who's not uh, critical of films, notice like why is everything so blurry in the background? I'm like, yeah, because they're on green screen every single set, so it is horrible. It kind of kills the lore of the first three Jeepers Creepers movies, even though the third one's not that great, but it kind of ruins the other two, the two good ones of the franchise. So I, I hope this franchise just dies now and that they don't make it for a very long time. So Jeepers Creepers Reborn, my bottom of the year. I like so lots Adam of sequels, kind of, uh, lots of like Netflix. on himself. He's like, when you have someone that doesn't even notice things in movies, noticing the bad things, it's like, no, no, no. I wasn't talking about myself. I was talking <laughs> oh, about my kids. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking. <laughs> kid who said that. that wasn't like, me. Well, yeah, you're on the Donald Sideways podcast, Adam. You have some credibility. It's not that bad. You don't suck all the time. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's stop talking about the crappy stuff and let's start talking about the good stuff. So. Uh, that well, was our bottom five. Oh, Do go we ahead. Have, are there any nominees here that could be the tenant of 2022? Corsage. Puts... Corsage, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that could be. Apparently, I'm going to put home team on my top ten. And uh, <laughs> I think Elvis, Terry loved Elvis. So there are some, there's some tenant, like, tenant award possibilities. There are. There are. All right. Shall we do it? Any, Make any sure you more... subscribe, by the way, if you guys are listening. Oh, there we to go. Make YouTube. sure you subscribe. Zach, any more BS you want to bring up before we actually get into this? If you don't subscribe to this channel, <laughs> Bo Burnham is going to make a parody song of us, okay? So just do it. <laughs> Remember last year when you thought for sure that was going to be my number one? That was hilarious. Our buddy Joey's back. What's up, Joey? Welcome. Hi, Joey. Joey! You rock, man. All right. Well, let's do it. Top 10, starting with number 10 and starting with me. Can you so, explain the Merlots real fast? For oh yes, viewers? yes. So if let's get let's get rid of the the number ten really quick. And what movies you didn't get to that you and were what wanting. movies you didn't oh, get yeah, to? Yeah. We'll talk about that too. So 
as we're going along, if a movie is going to appear later on someone else's list, we can Merlot that, which means we're going to table that conversation until it gets to the highest up on anybody's list that it is. So if someone says a movie and you hear Merlot and you see Merlot, that means uh, we're going to save that conversation for when it pops up later. Okay. So yeah, movies we didn't get or movies I didn't get to. Uh, for as many as I saw, there were quite a few I didn't get to. And then I'll talk about number 10 here in a second. Um, gosh, I don't even know which ones I didn't get to. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get to, uh, I know I didn't get to Triangle of Sadness, which was the Palm Door winner. Um, I did not get to Decision to Leave. Uh, I did not get to uh, Women Talking, which somehow is impossible to see right now unless you're film independent and get screeners. Um yeah, uh, there's there's some other ones that I'm sure will be mentioned that I'll I'll uh, I'll be saying that I didn't see, but uh, those are the main ones that I can think of right now. Uh, let's get into actually talking about the movie. So, at least I'm going to number ten on my list. So I have, uh, I thought this year was kind of a disappointing year, 2022. Uh, with that said, I have 11 four star movies now. Damn. The reason why I'm saying it was a disappointing year is because there were so many like big anticipated movies that came out that didn't necessarily live up to the hype for me. So so they were like, oh man, there's a new, there's this new Spielberg movie coming out, and I'm sure it'll pop up on someone else's list, but I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Uh there the new Damien Chazelle, that's not gonna pop up on my list. Babylon's not up there. But so there were like these big movies that were supposed to be like these awesome films. And then they just didn't show up. Or they, they didn't uh, pay off. So for that reason, this is kind of a disappointing year, 2022. But and also, I don't there was no movie. I feel like that was like, well, like far and away, blew me away, maybe one or two of them, but not uh, not quite like I've, I've felt in other years. So number 10. On my list is Marcel the Shell with shoes on. We had it in the we had in the uh, promo. We did. We did. Yes. It was. Can we it have was, an over under on how many movies on um, that we'll have on our top. There you list? go. There you go. Yeah, Beautiful. Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Uh, Probably spelled that wrong, but whatever. This is. It was just this adorable movie about this tiny little shell that was impossible not to love. Uh, it uh, it had this this very simple plot, but in the context of what was going on, it was so original. It was so much fun. It was so wholesome. It is the definition of a Terry pick, I'm going to say, for this list. But uh, it was amazing. It was an amazing movie. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. I saw it back when it was in theaters. I haven't watched it since. But uh, I, I loved this movie when it came out, and it is... It is an adorable movie. Now, the question is, is it an animated movie? Because I think it's up for the animated Oscar because uh, so much of it is stop motion. Everything with Marcel and the and the Shell family is, is stop motion. But Marcel the Shell with shoes on, I had to get it in my top 10, and it's coming in at number 10. Well, if they have Jungle Book as a, an animated movie, I would assume that would be okay. <laughs> I don't consider it an animated movie, but I guess I'm alone on that. So, Terry, right. yeah. we're, we're going to be doing awards in the next few weeks. We're giving out who we think is the best actor and actress and all that stuff. Yes, we are. Question with this movie. 
is Leslie Saul going to be your best supporting actress? Um, Six, 60 Minutes reporter Leslie, Leslie Stahl. Because oh, that's, she, yeah, she, yeah, was, yeah. she was so great. You don't even remember the movie. Remem- you just no, 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 no. It took man. me a second to remember come what on. you were talking about. Yeah, like yeah. Skip and Shannon. Come on. I Can mean, we get a come I mean on, you're, you're going you're gonna to say best supporting actress is someone playing herself. In I one was scene. trying to make a joke. The joke went, it just, <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it was bad. That, boo. Yeah. Hey, Joey, boo. if you think award season sucks, just wait till next month. We're having the almost sideways <laughs> movie awards. So well, that's going to be through. awesome. Can we get Joey's? Can we get Joey's? Boo! Delayed boo. Turn it off. <laughs> Turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it, make it stop. Make it got stop. Got a shell too. Oh. See, like, we got a shell. Let's say that Joey is like, oh, my number one of the year is I don't know, like some pretentious art movie. But he could also be like, yeah, my number one of the year is definitely uh, Jeepers Creepers Reborn. And the the, the the awards people didn't they didn't like that at all. So <laughs> I think we need a little bit of, of uh, you know explanation and, and uh, credibility behind that statement. Well, well done, Zach. Good, yeah, good job go. at, at alienating and. and <laughs> hey, that guy's an admin on our on our stream, so he can boot people off. So just careful. <laughs> yeah. I, made him, I made him an admin. Uh, all right. Well, it's Zach's turn for his number ten. All right. I had a real hard time with my top ten list uh, because I thought I had it all all good to go, but then these last few days things have have gone awry. But in the best in the best way possible. I really have a three way tie at number ten, but we don't pull shit like that here on the Almost Sideways podcast. We actually give numbers to movies instead of you know uh, people who may work at the New York Times who like to give ties. Uh, we don't do ties. Uh, oh, my shit. number well, ten movie uh, is. Um, I don't even know how to classify it. It's kind of a comedy. It's definitely campy. It's sort of a drama. It's definitely horror elements. It's also a sequel. And it featured uh, one of, I think, the best performances of the year that's really getting overlooked. And that movie is none other than, if I can remember the name of it, Pearl. Pearl's a great movie. I mean... Listen, I was a fan of X. Uh, X. Oh, oh, shoot. Merlot. You gotta say it. Merlot. You gotta say it. Right? You gotta say it. You gotta, you say, gotta say the title earlier too, so that you don't go oh, okay. through half your diatribe. Yeah. Damn it, Merlot. <laughs> okay, I'll shut up. All right. I'm glad that that's Merlot. Can we get an applause for that? Yes. We get some love. We don't have. I don't have access have to that button, so I actually have to say it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Here we yeah. go. Shut up. Sorry. Okay, chaos go. already. On the uh, side yep. All right. So moving on. Todd. Oh, this is his ten. favorite movies of the year, by the way. Pearl and Everything it, Everywhere All like at Once are my favorite last too. Nice, nice yeah. job. You would have Merloaded as well. Oh, See, job, what, what are you crapping on, Zach? Just just leave him alone. Well, one of Joey knows his stuff. Calm down. Leave him alone. All right. Todd, number 10. All right. The movies I didn't get to that I wanted to are... I Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, I just didn't get to see for some reason. I didn't, I haven't gotten a chance to see Broker or Close, or Empire of Light, EO, Happening, Holy Spider, Hunt, Living, Gimro del Toro, Pinocchio, or Wendell and Wild. So a lot I still need to go through. Some of those probably could make my list. Uh, my number 10 is a movie, the only real late arrival or arriver on my list, and that is a movie I got a screener for. It's called Saint Omer. Uh, it's directed by Alice Diop, and it's currently available to rent, actually, if you wanted to check it out. It's um, it's inspired by a true story. It, it follows this novelist who um, 
is named Rama, and she decides she's going to do a piece on this trial of a young woman, uh, Lorenz, who uh, recently left her 15-month-old child on the beach to be taken away by the tide. And Rama is actually pregnant at the time, and, the, and as the trial goes along, she starts to identify with the defendant and starts to feel different about her own situation, which isn't all that dissim dissimilar from the defendant. And uh, like for one, they're both Senegal uh, immigrants in France, and she's also in a complicated mixed relationship. It's a really quiet movie. And uh, you have to be in the right state of mind to get into it. It's like exclusively dialogue. So you really have to listen and like read body language in order to get the full effect. Uh, the performances are wrenching and like it's a really hard movie to shake off. It kind of reminded me of A Time to Kill in a way, which was essentially arguing for like justified homicide. Well, this is a movie that like points things out and like points at motivations and contributing factors and isolation and like a state of mind you're in when you do a heinous thing. And it's it's a really just disturbingly effective movie that I was really taken by. And it's it's tough, but it really worked. And it does not follow the conventions of any courtroom drama I've seen. It's a, a great movie. It's called Saint Omer. Very Thank nice. You. All Very right. Nice. Well, I just saw Saint Omer today. I just got back from it. And uh, I'll just break the news. It's not going to be on my top 10 list. Um, I I respect what Todd says about it. I think intellectually, it's a really fascinating study about, you're right, kind of parallel characters whose backgrounds are gradually very slowly revealed. And I think the performances are really good. The problem is um, the directing gets in the way and the long pro protracted takes, I think, uh, make the movie a, sort of boring. So I wish I wish that it hadn't been a corporate mm. movie. I, I wish it had just been about uh, Lawrence's uh, life and the thing that actually happened to her instead of keeping it kind of stage bound in the courtroom but otherwise an interesting idea and i think there's a lot of talent that that was put into the movie you know i think the the filmmaker is making it from the perspective of you know an, uh, like an outsider watching it and that because she i guess was a spectator in the actual real life case so i mean i think she was doing it from that perspective and not just making it sort of more of a character-based drama or something i don't know but yeah i i understand what you're saying do you, do you think this gets a nomination for best international film because it is France official uh, select selection. I, I don't think it feels like any foreign film nominee I've ever seen at the Oscars. I mean, it's a it's a Spirit Award nominee, but it's not, I don't think it feels like an Oscar nominee. I feel like they missed opp miss opportunity not getting Hillary Swank in there as a lawyer somehow. God damn it. You stole yeah. my joke, Adam. <laughs> I don't think she speaks French, though. Well, that's what good actors do. They learn it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, She's Adam. In Alaska a lot, but probably, probably. Adam, number ten. All right, movies I didn't get to. Uh, Bones and all the with the, the great Tim oh, Timothy yep, Chalamet movie. Um, uh, Crimes of the Future, Hatching, Terrifier Two, uh, Watcher, Weird, EO, and Men. There's a, a couple other movies in there I wanted to watch too, but uh, of course those are the ones I I feel like could make a run for my on my list there. Uh, so number 10 on my list is a movie called After Sun. So really a solid movie here. It's directed by Charlotte Wells, and it tells a kind of a beautiful uh, kind of reminiscent movie of a, a daughter looking back at a holiday time with her uh, her father. And uh, I really love the performance here from Francesca Coros and the chemistry that she had with Paul Mezcal was just really solid, and I thought it was just really told really in a, in a unique and beautiful way. And Charlotte Wells kind of bursts on the scene with this a really kind of unconventional uh, look 
back at a, a little a slice of life type of film here and uh, getting it mixed with like actual some like footage that she's filming plus like handheld camcorder footage i think that's just kind of a unique way and being a father of two girls too i, I can't help myself put myself in that shoe kind of have that reflection moments here and it's something i couldn't shake uh, for a, a while after watching it so it's one of those movies that it actually kicked a movie that has been in my top 10 all year so uh, when you do something like that when uh, i think it's definitely worth staying and worth mentioning so after sun is my number 10 movie of 2022 i really thought that was going to be your number one but yeah, that's a, that like felt so much like an adam number one movie but i'm glad i made your list it is a good movie I'm so, I'm kind of surprised it wasn't reload. Yeah, I'm surprised too. I, I am too. I I did not see After Sun, but I was surprised it wasn't reload. You got to it right, Todd. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Did I mean, I think it's a good movie. I, I I would be happy if it won Best Picture. I think I have it. Let me look on my list. I have it ranked on my list number fourteen. So it it almost made my list. It's in the conversation um, for you. It was. It's an honorable mention for me for sure. I have it number thirty two. I mean, I I like the movie, but I wasn't. It wasn't that high for me. But I I, I don't know. I feel like it would re- I would relate more if I was like a parent or something. But either way, I mean, it's good. I I I, no, I would have no problem. It seems like the art house movie that could end up with like a weird best director nominee or something. I like it. Let's so, keep going. Right. Move it number, number nine. nine. And we're going back to me. Number nine on my list is the latest entry onto my list. Uh, I just watched it this a uh, couple days ago. It is all quiet on the Western Front. Merlot. There we go. We've I got a Merlot. Out that fast. All right. I had a feeling there was going to be one, so I was waiting for it. Okay. So we're moving to Zach next. Zach. All right. I forgot to nine. get to the movies that I wanted to still get to. So I actually had extra time to write down some. So you're going <laughs> to have to stay there and listen to me talk for a second. All right. We got uh, Living. I'm shocked mm, no one else said that. And that that really yeah. is the one. If I had to see one movie that I haven't seen, it would yeah, be Yeah, I one. said I haven't seen that, too. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Quiet Girl. Uh, Onoda, the three-hour movie about the Japanese guy who thought the war was still going on. Women Talking, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, even though you guys didn't like it as much as other critics have. Girl Picture, Benediction. Apparently, Puss in Boots 2 is like the greatest thing since Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's what my, my students tell me. So Pretty good. I, it's, I, it's a three-star movie. That, I'm putting it on the list. Um, Prey, No Bears, Terrifier 2, Enos Men, Neptune Frost, and of course, RRR, which I really need to see. Uh, I'm going to also put down three movies that I've watched but fell asleep during and did not finish for whatever reason. <laughs> Hit the Road, Hair Bachman's Class, and Two Leslie, all three of which were good movies. I just couldn't. Hair Bachman was actually a really good movie. It's just like four hours long. I just couldn't get through it. I fell asleep um, during Two Leslie? That's weird. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good. It was good. Did you see the internet meme about on Twitter? Well, you're not on Twitter, but Twitter was blowing up with everybody giving like outrageous praise to Andrea Riseborough's performance, and that movie was pretty funny. Like, oh, yeah, and and then Obama today like uh, the, uh, added it to his list. He said uh, he just saw it, and he said it should have been on his list. It's a good movie. Um, I think I don't know how. You, maybe afterwards, Todd, you can tell me how it ends if she, you know, gets sober or something. Maybe she has jo- dry January. That would be nice. Um, okay. Well, I think. Do we have a sound effect ready? Because I think we are ready for our first quad film number nine. It, for me, is All Quiet on the Western Front as well. I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm curious where it is on everybody else's list, but let's Merlot that shit. It's Merlot. Merlot again. 
This All could right. make a real run for number one on our website. It, it's it's a, it's a serious contender, along it with is. the bubble, of course. It is. All right. I so feel, that means we're back I to feel the- horrible. It's my number 11. Oh, oh you jerk. Adam. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> Where is it? That's Hold when on. you rain the booze down. Here it is. That's right. I'm sorry. Just don't like Germans. Oh, he just took himself out. <laughs> oh, I thought you kicked him out, Terry. No, that would have been better. Into a Doctor Evil situation. We need some flames and button. All right, no Todd, number nine. Okay, my number nine is Tar Merlot. Merlot. Hey, we got another Merlot. Yeah, I knew that was coming. All right. So Merlot again. This this is the fastest round we've ever had. Adam, you're up number nine. All right. I got my highest rated Netflix movie here. Uh, the Stranger. With Sean Harris and ah, Joel nice. Edgerton. Okay. So I'm, I'm re- I really like this movie a lot. I think Sean Harris gives us a fantastic performance uh, as this uh kind of criminal guy who is trying to get his life better but he's actually getting investigated i think it's fascinating in a world of like filled of these true crime documentaries uh at the time we watched this movie we were binging a couple docuseries too and then i heard i saw your guys's review of it and i was kind of researching it. i was like oh this is based off uh, this true crime in australia let's watch it and my wife and i really got into it i think it's because also that mindset it's really fascinating it's a slow burn it's really kind of methodically paced and getting into the story it's probably the best joel edgerton has been and he's really just not really doing a whole lot of craziness but he's just really kind of quiet and kind of uh getting methodical with his uh his, his thoughts to it but sean harris i think he's my my best actor winner or like i i would like i he's one of my favorite performances this year and it's just because it's a, like a super quiet performance and you kind of i'm trying to figure out what's going on in his head. And when things are start revealed, it was just, uh, it worked really well for me. I know some other people had some issues with some um, things, at least on people on Twitter said some stuff like they didn't feel like the payoff was well, but I thought it was like, they were trying to be respectful to the actual family by changing all the different, uh, some details to it. But it was for me, just super enthralling film that I just couldn't get out of my head, especially in the time where true crime documentaries and little um, things on Facebook are really popular. This was just hit so many right notes for me. So the stranger is my number nine. Yeah. Adam, nice. It was, it, it was my number 11. It was one of the movies I was debating putting on the list. It part of why I didn't put it on my list is I kind of thought someone would talk about it. So thanks for taking one for the team, but it's, it's a great movie. We talked about it last week when we were talking about Netflix movies and uh, it's, it's too bad. More people aren't watching it because it's awesome. Yeah, it's one of the rare random movies that we all really agree on. Like, we're all on the same page. It was really close to making my list as well. And and you're right. It's just kind of a random random film that that we stumbled across. Like, let's watch this. And then uh, then, it it ends up doing. Yeah, I mean, I had a hard time finding it. It was like we talked about five different titles that week. It's it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you always assume the big Oscar winner is going to make these top 10 lists. But really, it's sometimes these smaller films that get to Netflix or HBO Max or something that make the biggest impact. In a way, in a way, it was kind of like Sound of Metal in the sense that, like, I really hadn't heard that much about that movie, but it clearly captivated all four of us so greatly. And it was a great (laughs) discovery. 
Agreed. All right. All right, Terry. Number eight. And for number eight, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that's going to be talking about this one. Uh, this was the year of directors making their uh, deeply personal coming of age passion projects of thinking about why they uh, why they make film and why they are who they are and wrote their scripts over COVID. Um, and uh, the one that I like the best of all of them is my number eight movie, and that is Armageddon Time, written and directed by James Gray. Uh, it, it's a it's a movie that centers on uh, this one kid uh, played by Banks Rapata uh, named Paul Graff. And he's dealing with being in, uh, he's kind of a class clown. He's dealing with new schools. He's dealing with friends and um, racial issues. He, uh, he has parents that don't understand him. The only one that understands him is his grandfather played brilliantly by Anthony Hopkins uh, I would love to see him get a nomination for this. Jeremy Strong is great as his dad and Hathaway is solid as his mom. I don't know. Something about this movie hit me and uh, and really spoke to me. It It's a movie. You can tell it's a personal movie, but it's I, I think I said before, it's it's generic enough that you can understand it has much more universal appeal than some of the other passion project movies that we've had. Um and and I mean maybe it's something it's a story about kids in school and connecting with kids that that um, appeals to me too as a teacher. So uh, I, I really love this one, and uh, I know others on here don't, but uh, it was it was one of my favorites of the year. So number eight, Armageddon Time. Is there is there someone specific that you're referring to, Terry? That you're calling out several actually I, I think adam yeah. hasn't seen it and you and todd hated it so yeah i really didn't like it. i haven't ranked that number 112 territory right there <laughs> i don't know i it was so absurdly heavy-handed and I, I don't know i i there's only so many times you can make your point and do it with specific dialogue saying your point out loud i mean anthony hopkins is great those were some really good scenes but like i don't know i i was not i was not on the same wavelength as that movie at all Hey, hey, Terry, remember but when we did? I respect it. Remember yeah. when we did Barry a while back? And, uh, you know, Barry goes off on, you know, uh, oh my gosh, I'm dry, drawing a blank. No, no Hank. Yeah, yeah. So we won't say it because I don't want to have somebody bleep it some stuff out. But yeah, just know that I'm right there with you, bud. <laughs> did you watch this? No, I did not watch it. No, you haven't watched it. No, I'm it just yet. saying, like, that. that's kind of like that. what Barry says to Noel Hank when he's like going off on him that one episode. I don't know. I I felt like it was just it was a great picture of the 80s. It uh and some about this kid I connected with. Like I know that kid. I've taught that kid. And it's uh it, there it I think there was something something to that that helped me help me really connect with the story. Zach, I know you hated it too. Yeah, although I I haven't even seen 114 movies, but <laughs> I have it uh like ever. I've never seen I have it um number 72 between the black phone could be on someone's <laughs> list and uh ticket to paradise thank you cassie for standing up for me so someone doesn't like the feel-good movie i don't know if i'd call it Gee, a feel-good movie i think it's, it's the director it's feeling feel good. good it's it's the director feeling good about himself for not being racist he's patting himself on the back but uh, yeah of all the, well I'll, true. It, it's of all the movies of the director patting himself on the back this is the one that i think uh when you were saying really when you were saying love movie. letter, I thought you were going Fablemans, but you were the one that didn't like the Fablemans. No, I thought he was going Empire of Light, but then I forgot that oh. he gave just four stars. Yeah, yeah, Empire of Light it was 
there there are some serious problems with Empire of Light, but I really loved it too. No, this one, this one, I I really like. And and I I will say I. Adnan Verk put this on his top 10 list as well. I found that out this this week because he posted that on his podcast. So I'm not alone in my love for Armageddon time. I'll Let's just hear, what, Joe, Joey, what do you think of it? You thought it sucked, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I drove, I drove 25 miles to see that movie, by the way. I saw it on a school night and I paid like 11.50 for a ticket. So that maybe was part of well, my Yeah, rationale. but you're weird because you don't even like James Gray. I don't know why you did that then. I don't know. I don't know why either. I'm, but that the means he did for the podcast. He it got asleep. good review. It got good. No, I did not fall asleep. It got good reviews. Um, but I don't know why I did. Uh, actually, list of movies that Zach wishes he fell asleep in. That's the that's the list. That now you're using your noggin. That's good. Miles in order to fall asleep. Now that is something else. But see, <laughs> what's kind of interesting? My number eight movie. I did the exact same thing, except it was during the summer. I drove out thirty miles to Overland Park, and I saw it at an AMC. And Nicole Kidman ushered me into the stands and said, "You know, <laughs> movies are powerful." As she was watching Creed, can we I make not a... been to an AMC since the Nicole Kidman thing started? Oh, and they're so still airing I... that shit. Oh, I know. Ridiculous. I have no idea what anybody's talking about whenever they talk. Here's about the here's the thing. We we have our regal quote. Can we have? Some category of Nicole Kidman watching a movie at an AMC theater on a on a dark and rainy night in in a very uh, flashy one piece outfit. Um, if Joey if, hasn't if, seen jo- Armageddon Time, by the way, Joey, if you can think of an award category for us, and, and let's hear it. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyway, I also want to say about my number eight and my number seven movies. I'm going kind of out on a limb here. I've only seen both these movies once. I had another movie that was in my top 10 that I saw a second time and it actually dropped for me. It pulled up like what Quentin said about the matrix. Like it was uh, high on my list, but then it fell out upon repeat viewing. Anyway, that's probably too much information. I want to see this movie again. It's not going to be on anyone's list. I think Adam said he wants to see it. The movie is watcher directed by <laughs> Chloe Okuno. And, you know, this is, I think watcher in a way to me is emblematic of 2022 a little bit in the sense that, if this movie had come out 10 years ago, certainly 20 years ago, I would have thought it was solid shit, but I never <laughs> would have put it in my top 10 list. And oh, Watcher is a, and that's no disrespect to the movie. It, 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 the quality itself, I think, is, I, I think, somewhat consistent. I definitely liked it. It's a really solid genre movie. And there aren't a lot of good genre movies uh, anymore that are based uh, in character and plot and good writing. This movie was really unpredictable. I didn't know where it was going. Um, if For those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's about um, Micah Monroe, current st- scream queen. Uh, she is married to a somewhat douchey guy, and they move to Romania so he can work. And during the day, she's in this apartment complex that looks a little bit like the apartment complex in the Decalogue. Not going to lie. Maybe that's why I like the movie. And uh, <laughs> there's this guy across the way who's staring at her, which is actually also kind of like my favorite Decalogue episode. But I think the comparisons end there because he turns out to be a pretty sinister guy. And, you know, this is a Hitchcock movie. It does the thing where, you know, she uh, sees something, but everybody kind of calls her crazy. She confides in a neighbor who becomes an interesting character. Um, She explores the city. It's very much about urban alienation. I think the movie's really well shot, has this kind of monochromatic dark look. I think the apartment's really interesting. The use of curtains is cool. Um, I don't know. I wasn't expecting, when I saw this movie, I was like, this is a really solid movie. It's not gonna make my top 10. But I keep thinking about it. It was like really solid. I wish more movies were made like that. Maybe it was seeing it on the big screen. Maybe it was that, you know, I like Micah Monroe and the movie just, you know, I need more genre movies. But it was like really, really solid. And I I, I think it has a good Rotten Tomatoes score. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, I think it was a really fun experience. Even I though remember, I think I, I was the only one in the theater. 
I remember you texting me this and saying that uh, this is borderline a four star film. So I yeah, it is. It's borderline. really really good. Nice. Uh, we do got a couple comments here. Joey does have an award nomination for us. The movie that made Martin Scorsese scream cinema noises award. Well, that would go to Tar, right? Probably Tar, yeah. Probably or Avatar. Because didn't he actually Avatar. say like? Yeah. No, he said that he heard the the clouds parting and the Red Sea parting, and there was tar. Right? Isn't that wasn't that his comment after the Critics' Choice Award or whatever? Am I Something making like that up? That's a good one. So there's the Kathy on Watcher. Yep, she says I wanted to watch that Zach. Now maybe I will. So there you go. Yeah, it's really and good. Then, and then this is also what she said about the uh, AMC thing. What actor uh, would you think should in usher movie? you into the movie? I like that. That's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Hey, that could be that could be a deep dive uh, a a deep dive category. I would <laughs> which, definitely pick the which character do you want to see a movie man. with? That that's a that's a deep dive category. Yeah, that's it. The Nicole Kidman. <laughs> see, it has no. to be Nicole Kidman. She has to lead you in, and so you the, can the, feel the Nicole cinema. Kidman uh, movie theater companion award. Yeah, I want to see a movie with John C. Riley from Cedar Rapids. That's who I want to see. There, there you go. I want to see John C. Riley and Boogie Nights. That seems like a fun experience. Spanish <laughs> <laughs> Pantalones together. There we go. Mexican All right, Todd. Margarita. Todd, number eight. Uh, my number eight is um, it's a movie that is probably the least likely to make my top ten because it's really not my genre. It is The Woman King, directed by Gina Prince Bythewood. It's actually just available to rent now. I don't know why it's not streaming somewhere. Um, I don't know. I, w- I was the only one that really loved this movie on the podcast for some reason. It's um, it's about a village of all female warriors in West Africa in 1823, and they're like protecting their village from these this other empire that's trying to enslave them. The king is played by John Boyega, who's like in his best performance ever, and he declares like an all-out war on them. And uh, Viola Davis is the general. Thuzo Mbedu is the uh, young protagonist trainee, and Lashana Lynch is like the best warrior in the group. It's a killer, old-fashioned blockbuster epic in the tradition of Braveheart, but it's actually kind of better than almost all of those. I I think the movie is gorgeous. It's more brutal than any PG-13 movie really, I thought, ever had the right to be. And it is one of the five best casts of 2022. There, there are parts of it that I haven't forgotten since I first saw it, and it's it only gets better when I think about it. And the training sequences are as good as anything I've seen in in years and uh that's always one of the highlights of any like great battle picture uh, yeah i i love the woman king and that's that's number eight for me great, that's call. A great call i'm glad that made a list yeah that's uh my number 20 film I, um, if my wife was on the podcast she would merload that just a heads up <laughs> nice so it, it yeah, made it, my top it was in my top 30 yeah Lashana lynch man i'm so man she needs to get it like that's a movie that should have been her breakout movie. I just hope she blows up, man. I know she's gonna be in the Marvels, but still, like, she's fantastic in that movie. So, Lashana Lynch would be the Nicole Kidman take to the movie award winner, right? She would be the ideal companion from The Woman King, probably. Definitely, she's probably. entertaining, she's got pithy comments, she could bring a spear to the movie. <laughs> I'm not she sure. can bring a spear to the movie. I'm not sure she would get that through a metal detector. <laughs> That's about it, sure. but yeah. <laughs> all right, Adam, number eight. All right. Uh, so, of all this love for a movie, I- I'm really de- debating doing an audible at the last second here. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just go with it. No, come on, Adam. Join the dark side. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going to say nope, number eight. Uh, Jordan Peele's nope. All right. 
when I watched this, this is like the one of the coolest movies of the year, I think. I, this is just the vibe. The way he makes movies is just fascinating. I, I think it's really cool to see this kind of alien <laughs> film, but also mixed in with some like this really interesting sequence with Stephen Yoon and his uh, his TV sh- uh, show kind of host of this monkey going crazy. And then, yeah, there's a breakout performance from Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya doing his thing, too. I just... I've watched this a couple times now and I'm just engaged from the very the get go. Um, I think this is his second best movie. He, I think it's better than us. It just get out. This amazing film, but it was, it's so sleek and stylish and just seeing them try to capture these, uh, these aliens. And there's a really a jump scare in this movie that just really got me considering uh, horror movies are like kind of my, my genre, but there's uh, what actress is, uh, Michael Wincott, seeing him show up here as this director, I kind of like jumped out of him. I'm like, that's my, the guy from Three Three Musketeers back in the 90s. That's a, Yeah, that's cool to see him back on the screen. So, I, yeah, I really enjoy this movie. This is definitely a pure entertainment film uh, more than anything. So, nope, number eight for me. That was uh, number 15 on my list. So, there we go. Nice. That might have been the next highest one. Great choice. Great pick. Yeah. It's inter- it's definitely entertaining as hell, man. It's, just, it's one of those ones that I, I couldn't I couldn't knock off. So I like it. I like it. Yeah. It, it is an Adam movie. I think I, I think when I watch it, I'm like Adam's gonna love this thing. So I'm glad you did. Yeah, it's definitely a a, a Spielberg or like a, somebody who loves Spielberg was definitely making that movie or something. Yeah. True. Good call. So Adam, who would you take? The chimpanzee, right? <laughs> So that's going to be the question. You wouldn't want to take the chimpanzee because that that could turn into a really deadly situation. It's like the spear situation with the last (laughs) one. Probably. Um, That's why Lashana Lynch needs a spear. I mean, Lashana Lynch Mm. versus the chimpanzee. Wow. We just came uh, up with the best 2023 movie. Kiki Palmer. But anyway. That'd that'd be a fun one to to, to be in the movie with. All right. Number eight. uh, Number seven. Number seven. Moving on. And it is my turn. Number seven on my list is the Batman Merlot. Oh, we got a Merlot. There we go. Nice. So, how many is that now? How many is that overlap? Three. That's three, three or three, four, two, or are they, are no, it's we, four. I think it's Pearl, Pearl, oh, Pearl, Tar, Wyatt, and Batman. So and we've already had one that's been on three lists, so that's probably going over the one and a half. Wow. Going yeah. over, boys. It's amazing. All right. This is like well, uh, Ohio State, Georgia. Points of plenty. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Zach. All right, you're up. Number seven. Okay, number seven. This could be Merlot too. My number seven is uh, a film written and directed uh, and star. Actually, just directed. Directed and starring the host of the Golden Globes this year, Gerard Carmichael. Merlot? No Merlot? No, okay, good. Uh, it is on the count of three, um, and it is his uh, debut as a director, and it tells the story of a 24-hour period between uh, two lead characters, Val and Kevin. They're played by Gerard Carmichael and Christopher Abbott. And uh, basically, both these characters are in really bad situations, both financially, um, and uh, Gerard Carmichael has a iffy relationship with his ex, Tiffany Haddish. Christopher Abbott is actually in a uh, an asylum that he breaks out of, and so they make a mutual pact to kill themselves. 
um, except they decided at the last minute, well, what's one more day? And so they kind of handled business um, at the kind of last uh, moment. The movie's really funny. It's edgy. It feels like Lethal Weapon uh, meets Blind Spotting. Uh, there's a great sort of buddy vibe to it. It's very Jack and Miles at times. The humor is obviously dark. I'm going to listen to that synopsis and it sounds kind of like a PSA, but it's actually really uh, funny and, and relevant. And I think it's got some great performances, too. It definitely touches on issues about mental uh, mental health awareness, um, the mistakes that people make over the past. Uh, trauma and abuse is a big theme in this movie. And it's just brilliant because Gerard Carmichael makes it funny. And listen, I wasn't the world's biggest fan of his uh, monologue at the Golden Globes. It was necessary, but it was kind of long, kind of like our podcast, necessary but long. But uh, it was, uh, he's great in this movie and he's very charismatic and you find yourself really kind of rooting for him. And um, you don't know where this movie's going either. It, it takes you in a direction that's pretty unexpected. So again, I like my number eight movie. I haven't rewatched this movie. I want to, but I feel pretty confident in it. I think it's got that comedy with real kind of world issues, but it's also highly rewatchable and just a kind of a great buddy movie on the count of three. Awesome movie. It's on Hulu right now. Nice. Yeah, I, that, that was that was the one that got knocked off and for just yesterday. So I got I, I love that movie, too. I'm so glad that you like made me watch it. It was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I yeah the the relationship between the two characters, everything about that movie was just like was was it was killer. I, I love that movie. Very disappointed that I didn't get to this one. I should have mentioned this one too. I, I this is one that I was I put down on my list to watch, and I just binge some other stuff. And great, great call, Zach. I know that I remember that text message you sent me. It's like you got to watch it. I think you'll really dig it. So I got to I got to get this done. To make to a watch that one too. to make a movie about mental health awareness and suicide suicide ideation in characters and make it a comedy and make it something that people are going to want to watch is really, really impressive. I think this movie had like a high war for being really difficult to make and to write. And they, and, and they nailed it. True. All right. Number seven, Todd. Uh, my number seven, I reviewed on the podcast. It's, um, it's uh, currently available on Hulu. Uh, this guy has made three movies. They've all made my top 10. He is one of my spirit animals. It's Riley Steeren's movie, Duel. Um, Oh, wow. Stars Karen Gillan, and she plays Sarah, and she's dying, so she clones herself for her family. But uh, she ends up sort of going into remission, but the clone was already too developed. So there's a court-mandated duel to the death uh, with her clone to see which one gets to live. And she gets her training from Trent, played by Aaron Paul, in the most unlike Aaron Paul role that I've seen him play. And uh, the movie goes from there. It's I don't know. There are a few satirical films that get me more than Steerens' films. And this, I don't know, this one's just, I mean, it, it, some, there's some movies like this that resemble this kind of thing that come out in recent years, but this one does it different and it feels real. Like, it isn't exaggerated like The Hunt. It feels like something that could happen. And uh, Karen Gillan is brilliant in her role. I, I, I love everything that she does nowadays. And I don't know. I mean, it, in a movie, in a list for me, that's pretty serious. I had to have one that was sort of like a change of pace or just a Todd movie. And this is as far as a, of a departure as I got this year. And I have no problem putting this guy's movies on my list anymore. Like after the art of self-defense and faults, uh, I, I've, I've got my on whatever this guy's doing. Duel. Uh, I know none of, none of you have seen it, but that's my number seven. Yeah, Adam, like it's it. a, it's dual, not dual. Not the Spielberg movie. Right. Because I was looking up this movie and I was like, wait, the Spielberg movie on IMDb? But no. 
There we go. L. Cool. There we go. All right. Hey. Cool. First yeah, try. haven't seen it, but uh, definitely one to watch now. That's one of the things that's nice about these lists is I always come out of this like, oh, here's my watch list for the next few months of of uh, if I need a movie to watch, throw on the ones that are on your guys's lists. Nice. Terry, Adam, can, number can, seven. Before we move on, can oh, yeah. we answer the question? I'm, I'm amazed none of the YouTube viewers have asked this question. What is the language that you speak fluently, according to your shirt? Oh, I speak fluent movie quotes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did Marvel or Marvel? Did uh, uh, Regal give you that shirt? Uh, no, no. I just waved. No. My, my children. Did. I'll wave too. Hi, Hi Fiona. Hi, Fiona. Uh, Joey did say his Batman is his number three of the year. Why didn't so you blow it, Joey? <laughs> he would have. You got to scream it really loud so we can all hear it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Adam, number seven. All right, number seven on my list is a movie that I don't think anybody has seen on the website yet. And it has a, one of my favorite performances by Rebecca Hall. It's Res- Resurrection. It's directed mm, nice. by Andrew Simmons and. Uh, Rebecca Hall is getting criminally overlooked and it's, it tells a story where she kind of had her kind of has her life in place, but then she sees somebody from her past that rears up a bunch of anxiety. And uh, basically this guy definitely did a lot of gaslighting on her too. So basically just wear wore, wore her down mentally. Uh, it takes some really interesting twists and turns that kind of go into neon demon territory with some uh, possible cannibalism. Uh, there's a, the ending is what I've, and I did some research and looked at what people thought about the movie. The ending is what really kind of is either you're going to buy it or you're not going to buy it. And uh, this is kind of like an Adam movie. I kind of just ate it up. It's, it's really crazy, but has one of the best performances of the entire year. Uh, and it's just Rebecca Hall doing just amazing work. And she's one of the most underrated actresses I've seen. I loved her and Christine. And uh, this is, by far one of my favorite performances. So uh, just a fantastic film that uh, maybe not a lot of people are going to like, but I don't <laughs> care because I liked it. And that's why it's number seven on my list. Nice. Well, and didn't she direct passing last year too? Oh, yes, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, she's, she's been doing a lot of great stuff. Yeah. Have you guys heard of this movie at all? Heard of it? Yes. Yeah, it was a Sundance movie, I believe. Yeah, I, a lot of people I, praise out of Sundance, I think, but yeah, not many. Uh, it's kind of one of those forgotten films of this year. This was this is the movie that I, I needed to see before, and I think it, currently it's streaming on AMC Plus because you get Shutter with it, and it's a Shutter movie. So, oh, nice. So I like up. how our, our numbers are like certain themes. Like this is the the streaming movie one because we got you know Duel and On the Count of Three, and then the last one was like the total like leaning into your favorite genre pick with like Adam picking Nope and Terry picking Armageddon time. I don't know. Maybe our minds all work the same. (laughs) Well, yeah, probably. (laughs) All right. right. Moving on. Number six. Six. And it's back to me. And what we got for my number six. It's definitely one that I'm pretty sure that's not popping on, on any other lists. It is vengeance. Written and directed by BJ Novak. This Not was probably the biggest Bravo. surprise of any movie for me this year. 
because I knew nothing about this movie when I think it was Todd that was like, we need to review Vengeance this week. And I'm like, what is this? And it, I'm like, this looks stupid. And I sat down and I was completely fixed by this movie the entire time. It is, I feel like it's a movie kind of talking to, talking about today's time a lot. Uh, as you have this, uh, this um, someone committed suicide but they think they might have been murdered and bj novak says this sounds like a great idea for a podcast and he tries to turn these crazy uh you know southern family dynamic into a into a podcast and gets wrapped up into it himself um a great supporting uh supporting performance by ashton kutcher uh surprising supporting performance uh and a total like twist ending that i didn't necessarily see coming and really i, I think really drives a an interesting point home with it too so um uh, yeah i i love this movie I, it's one i still need to see a, a second time and we'll see how well it holds up a second time but for right now like the just wow when i watch this movie so number six is vengeance i think uh we had my wife really wanted to watch Yellowstone and that show is streaming on Peacock. And I saw that vengeance was streaming on. I'm like, I knew how much you loved it. It's like, I got to watch this one before my top 10 enjoyed it. I definitely, uh, I, I found some enjoyment into it, but I'm glad get good mention here. Definitely. It's one of the ones that people have not really been talking about. So it's, it's good to see another uh, kind of a movie that probably should be out there and be seen a little bit more. Yeah, I really wanted to watch this one too. I, no, I'm sorry. I really wanted to watch Yellowstone, but I heard that Kevin Costner was sheltering in place, so I had to watch this one instead. Um, <laughs> I uh, I don't know, Terry. When you said vengeance, it took me a good 15 seconds to remember what it was. But maybe that's just well, a weird title. title. Yeah, it's got a crappy title, but uh, once I described it, you remembered what movie we were talking about. When I think about that movie, I think about summer. I, I miss warm weather. Isn't it like we mentioned? <laughs> did that ever happen to you guys? Like, I remember when we reviewed that. It was much nicer weather out. And this released garbage. in theaters on July 29th. Yeah, it yeah. was like, nice out. You know, it was getting rid of the real heat of the summer. I remember that week. It was go, nice. Go to, the, go to the theater so that you can get into some air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Another, another thing of Midwest annoyance about that movie. Whataburger is not very good. I mean, maybe that's the point. You, I don't know if you guys know this, but Never Whataburger is—it's—it's it's kind of a joke around here. Actually, I shouldn't say that, but I—I don't—I certainly do not partake of it. Even though Patrick nice. Mahomes has promoted it. Nice. All right, well, Zach. Whataburger. Number six. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, number six. Uh, we're getting into documentaries here. Oh, yeah. um, my number one documentary last. My number one movie last year was a documentary. Um, this one is, is an awesome documentary. It's getting some uh, buzz at the Oscars. Probably won't get nominated, but should. It did make the shortlist. And that is Bad Axe, directed by David Sieve. And uh, I reviewed this a little bit on the podcast. It tells the story Axe of... like Actions, correct? Like an axe. No, no axe. Like A-X-E. axe. Like uh, Lashana Lynn is going to bring in a... Uh, Spear. Uh, okay, axe, exactly. Spear or an axe. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay. Bad axe. Well, the name of it, there's no axe in the movie, sadly, Adam. So Boo. it's not really an Adam movie. <laughs> but it is about a community in Michigan named Bad Axe. And it is about this uh Cambodian American family that uh well, the dad is Cambodian. He immigrated to the United States 
him and his wife uh, open up a restaurant and they raise their kids in this fairly red rural community in, in um, rural Michigan. And the movie um, unfolds uh, during COVID, basically. And eventually, at first, the movie is kind of about how the family struggles to keep the restaurant open in spite of mask mandates and you know, craziness with COVID, but then it kind of takes an interesting direction, becomes more of a movie about the Black Lives Matter movement, um, especially in summer in 2020 when things were heating up and kind of about the the choice that this family has to make, whether to be authentic in uh, their, um, you know, uh, participation in Black Lives Matter um, and in their activism, but also making sure that they don't run out of business because the hillbillies are going to start abandoning them. So uh, it's an awesome movie, really a touching portrait of a family that you just kind of root for. They're a little bit eccentric. They've got some um, fun, some funny arguments, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it, 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 you recognize, I think, a lot of your own families in this movie, even though this family's uh, ancestry is, is unique. Um, but it's awesome, and I hope it gets a nomination for, for Best Documentary. This movie could really catch on. It's like, it, it, I, I'm not going to call it feel good, but you feel a little better, hopefully, about the way things have gone the last few years by the end of this movie. It made me feel better. So bad acts, right. my number, my number six. No, no bad acts. No, and that, that's your no uh, that's your top. Uh, that's your top documentary of the year. Well, I mean, oh, there, well, we'll is it, there is a reason we are doing this uh, release. So uh, I, it, it could be, maybe not. I don't know. I do not have a documentary on my list. Wow. It's I, I usually get one, but this year I didn't. This year I didn't. Has anybody well, else seen were, bad acts? You were too busy watching twenty. 12 documentaries terry so apparently yeah have time for and, and 2002 movie. yeah none of you you guys should watch it it's it's really good i mean obviously it's my number six and i ranked good. it better than you know uh apparently uh, uh whatever movie we uh, the batman <laughs> the batman getting reload i didn't have that down that was like that's probably like plus 250 odds i i had a feeling it might all right todd number six okay my number six is the one that's been reloaded. It's all quiet on the Western Front. Ah, we can uh, talk about it now. We can Edward talk about Berger. it. Now. Yes. Are we talking about this? Yes, we are talking about this. Um, it's on Netflix. It follows Paul Baumer, played by Felix Camerer, and he's a young man uh, who, along with his class, uh, is inspired to join the German army in World War One. It's like a, a patriotic thing, and they have this romantic look at war. But when they get into the trenches, they're faced with the atrocities of war. It's technically and artistically the most fascinating movie of the year. It has the best <laughs> battle scene since like Eastwood Iwo Jima movies. And uh, Daniel Bruhl is a standout as well. He's the officer leading the charge for Armistice. And the movie has just this gut punch of an ending that just lingers for days. And even watching it on TV, you're completely drawn into the movie. And you just can't look away. I, I might have this ranked a little low, to be honest. I, I, I think this is an absolute banger. The All Quiet on Western Front. Number six, and I know two of you also had this. So, what do you what do you guys think? Well, yeah, and it was Adam's number eleven. So we all are really high on this one. Yeah, I had it number nine. Like I said, I just oh, watched God. this on Friday, um, and yeah, it, it's one that definitely draws you in. And what what stood out to me is really the the direction. Uh, it was it was a brilliantly directed movie and uh, some of the shots like the opening shot in this movie is just breathtaking. And uh, and the cinematography, I'm glad to see it shortlisted on so many different things at the Oscars because it deserves uh, it deserves the, the attention that it's getting. Um, 
the 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 story is is a story that we've heard before in uh in in war movies uh, and i mean this is a classic story that uh that we've that a classic book but uh it, it's the performances and direction that really put this one over the top i feel zach how about you yeah i mean listen um another movie that if this had been made 15 20 years ago might not have made my top 10 list this is again a sort of a genre movie really good genre fall? movie what's that where did it fall on your top 10 oh it's, it's my number nine um like terry um what's interesting it's not 1917 um i think it's better than 1917 and yeah, i won't go I that think- far I think part of the issue, maybe it's just a, pre- a preference thing, but 1917 was, wasn't about World War One. It was about Sam Mendes, and it was about um, doing it in one shot. This movie, you actually feel like the war is semi-important, unlike in 1917, and you really get a sense of like the, the culture. Well, I guess, the, not the culture, but behind the scenes. Um, I like that inclusion, like Todd was mentioning, of them reaching armistice, because it gives sort of a broader context <laughs> To what's happening and neither side comes out looking very good i mean there's and then there's some uh, uh tactical decisions that are made in this movie that are completely egotistical uh and baffling and yeah the movie's anti-war um but it's great to just see a war movie and again you know i hats off to people who want to reinvent the war genre i get it no one likes john wayne and i'm saying this movie is john wayne it just does it in a classic way that gets in your face. And it's definitely got some Saving Private Ryan vibes and elements to it, too. But it just does it so well. And for it to be on Netflix, too. I mean, I watched it at home, and I was more engrossed in that movie than most other stuff I see in theaters. So they uh, Berger did a great job with it. And I hope, as Todd predicts, he at least gets considered for Best Director. Yeah, I'll just speak on it briefly, too. This was a tough one. It has some of the most brutal kind of sequences I've seen, especially in those action sequences. It's definitely one of the best production designs you'll ever see in a movie this year. It's It was definitely a tough battle to keep this one on. And I I, I wish this was number, at least on my list, but this is just a damn good movie, too. So uh, give you guys props for keeping it on there and getting it um, definitely some much needed uh, almost sideways award love. So there we go. It's yeah. rare you see a war movie from the losing side. Also, I think that was another thing that I really liked about this is you saw you saw that that different side of of a of an army getting ready for defeat. Todd, what were you gonna say? Well, I mean, I just think it's one of the most interesting acquisitions Netflix has ever gotten because, like, it, in in no way feels like anything they've done, and it feels like in no way it looks not like a movie you should be watching on TV, but you still get into it on TV. Mm-hmm. It's I, I wish I would have been able to see it on a big screen. But it, yeah. I mean, it did really didn't matter. I was still just locked in immediately when I started watching it. I looked it up. Apparently, this movie had a twenty million dollar budget. That's it. What? Wow. Twenty million dollar budget. Feels yeah, Cassie, watch it with me. Ahead. Amazing example of a good adaptation. Cassie says. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Cool. Adam, on to right. number six. So this one was Merlot as well earlier by Zach. So. He went on this long spiel, Zach did, about the BS now doing ties and stuff like that. Uh, how, in my mind, I can't untie these, this movie. X and Pearl. Um, two different films. It feels like just one giant story for me. Uh, obviously, we got a prequel film with Pearl, and both films directed by Ty West are amazing in their own right. 
probably some of my favorite moments of this last year. Put Mia Goth on the map. She got uh, Best Actress nomination for Film Independent. And both ones, both films here are just so unique and so different. I prefer X, but Pearl is just as good. It's like, I just couldn't find myself like, when I'm thinking of one film, I couldn't stop thinking about the other movie as well. And I think that's just a kind of a, a beautiful thing that Ty West was able to do and to kind of form these two movies. And uh, I'm looking forward to the Maxine as well. And um, it's, it's very unique. Both films are unique and different. And Ginny Ortega is another standout in X and you got Kid Cudi in there as well. And uh, Pearl is so unique too, because it, it could have been on our power rankings from last week as well. Best performances with inside performances, right? She'd had that little stage performance there where she's a star. And that movie had spawned some like a meme too, where instead of a Christmas star, they put Pearl on top of their Christmas tree. It's such a unique uh, film experience that I'm looking forward to the next outing. So for me, I just, I couldn't break this tie. It's like a couple, I don't like doing ties either, but a couple of years ago I did hush and don't breathe two similar home invasion films that I just, I couldn't separate the two because they were so amazing. And this is what's kind of what I felt like to X and Pearl are uh, what I have at number six. All right. AO Scott giving us ties. I think this one's justified though. I mean, this is like if Kill Bill volume one and two came out in the same year. No, because it's still like not the whole, this is like matrix revolutions and reloaded. Like this is not like, this are two of three movies and, I don't know. I don't think it works. You you can't put give both of them full credit on on our counting, Terry. Okay, fine. We'll figure it out. No, I, I mean I I think it's Adam can do whatever he says, but I think <laughs> the issue that I have is just more of a personal one. I think Pearl is a somewhat substantially better movie than X. Uh, I would put Pearl on my top ten, not X. In fact, X I have in my rankings at number thirty one, which I guess isn't terrible, but. Um, through the first 45 minutes of Pearl, I thought it was my number one of the year. In fact, it probably was my number one of the year. Like the first 45 minutes of that movie are fantastic. And it doesn't feel like any movie you've ever seen. And yet it feels like a lot of movies you love and have seen. It's so different. It does. You're not quite sure whether it's going for parody or camp or like Todd feel Todd Haynes, like far from heaven type stuff, because you feel authenticity in the story and you feel the struggle of Pearl to extricate herself from her parents. And the relationship she has, particularly with her mother, is so dead on. I mean, that that is great stuff. I think my issue with the movie is that it turned into a slasher movie. I think I really just wanted a movie about, you know, this Midwestern girl in the Scandinavian community trying to break free of her parents. Like that was legitimately dramatically compelling stuff. But I do, I do like the second half of the movie too. I'm not as big on the whole like Pearl monologue thing. Like that's cool and all, but like, that's where the movie kind of strays for me. It's almost like Ty West got to about the three quarters mark and ran out of ideas just a little bit. And I think the movie resolves itself a little too abruptly. Um, but hey, I'm excited for Maxine, and like I said, this is a this it's an awesome movie. It makes my top ten list, and Mia Goth is great. I still need to see Pearl. I've seen X. I I still need to see Pearl. All right, unbreak the tie. Put Pearl as my number six. There we Pearl. go. Okay, it's like Kill Bill. Right. It is like Kill Bill because Volume Two is better than Volume One. But you said you liked <laughs> X more, Adam. What what are you doing? <laughs> But overall, is this the character arc, the character is more developed him. in Pearl. I was like Hillary Swank, and he was like the jury. I won. 
I can see All right. more like that. Okay. <laughs> well, we, we have our top fives left, but before we get to our top fives, we have a little break here where uh, we're going to do something a little different that uh, that was suggested, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun, where we are going to uh, reveal the top movies of our significant others, uh, whether it be our, our wives or our, uh, or our girlfriends in, in Todd's case. Uh, so wives and uh, girlfriends in Todd's case. Wow. Exactly. Well, that, <laughs> congratulations, Todd. There you Friday go. Friday night is go. for the girlfriends, but Saturday nights for the wife. No, wait, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so I have, uh, we're going to go, I'll, we'll go in order of what we've been doing. So I'll go first here. I have Cassie's top 10. So this, this, uh, this, who, who came up with this idea? I think Adam came up with this idea. And as soon as I mentioned it to my wife, she obsessed over it until she wrote her list down. Uh, so, uh, because I was like, wait, I don't even know if we've decided we're doing this yet. And she goes, it doesn't matter. I'm doing this. I have to do this now because I can't stop thinking about it. So She's this is, uh, let's go. Yeah. She watches a lot of the movies that we end up watching with me, as I'm sure happens with you guys as well. So uh, for Cassie's list, she's got two honorable mentions she wanted to shout out. Top Gun Maverick and The Northman. Oh, good uh, call. Num- number 10, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. Oh, nice. Wow. That was number That was number six on my worst of the year list. Number nine, <laughs> Turning Red. Okay, there we go. There we go. That's better. Number eight, Fire Island. Oh, good one. Number seven, Don't Worry, Darling. Ooh, interesting. Number six, Apollo ten and a half. Oh, good call. Number five, Elvis. Number four, Hustle. Oh, Adam Sandler movie. There we go. Yeah. Number three, Babylon. Oh, there we go. Number two, The Banshees of Inishirin. And number one, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Yes. Nice. Good list. Yeah, solid list. That is a list of movies that most of those will not be mentioned, and that's interesting and makes some sense. Just for you, Zach. Just for you, she says. Just for where's you. the where's the Edgar Allan Poe movie? Come on, Terry or Cassie. <laughs> oh, she never watched. She didn't get a chance to watch that well, one. She only watched half. No it. void. It's incomplete. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Zach. I don't. I know you don't have a formal list, but well, this was interesting. So uh, my wife didn't give me one, so I will uh, read what I used to participate. I think was the word to participate, like she does in our fantasy football league. So uh, it is uh, my thinking of what her top five movies are, and really the only thing I have to go off of is she likes female empowerment movies. So if that if there's a theme, it's that. Uh, Number five, I'm going to say she went with the Woman King. I know she liked that quite a bit. Uh, number four, Kimmy. Now, I think when we yes. watched this, she kind of fell asleep during part of it, but I think she did like it. I know she likes uh, Zoe Kravitz. Uh, number three is Men. I remember both of us came out of that movie at the end. And we're like, that was kind of awesome. I think she was really into it. She might actually, truth is, she probably doesn't remember it. Number two <laughs> is After Sun, which she actually liked more than I did. She had to kind of explain the movie to me. I think I was a little lost during it. So I think because she explained it, that meant that she was paying more attention to it. And uh, number one, uh, she said, which I believe she simultaneously cried in and fell asleep at. So um, that's an impressive feat. Um, Did she fall asleep while crying? Because that would be even better. Yeah, that would have been. That'd be impressive. Cassie watched 60 movies total this year. That, Almost that, more than Terry usually watches. So that's, that's I know. pretty impressive. I know. 
She she uh, spent a lot of time on our website last night going through the list of what we had watched. Good call. And, uh, and figuring out which ones she had seen. All right, Todd, what do you have? Uh, so I didn't get a formal list either. We just sort of talked about it and remembered what movies that she had actually seen. And so I just have a few that she mentioned that she really liked. Um, she did love Top Gun Maverick, even though she really, really didn't like the original. Um, <laughs> but I made her watch it before we went and saw the first one or the, the Maverick. Um, uh, she also was a big fan of The Woman King. Um, she also was a big fan of The Batman. And the one that she was kept saying was her probably her favorite movie that she saw this year was called Run, Sweetheart, Run. Oh, that's the movie that yeah she talked about last night yeah yeah it's a it's a horror thriller and i never heard of it. it it looked like it originally got released in 2020 but then got released in the states on prime in this year but it's uh it sounds really bizarre and it's got um marie schrader herself betsy brandt in it along with shora agdashlu so um i'm gonna eventually watch yeah, this I mean, movie it sounds interesting <clears throat> but um yeah, I'd never heard of it, and but that was the one that she kept saying like she she really really liked. So and well, she then, she is a horror junkie. This has to be our come to the stable, right? Oh yeah, yeah we may need to review this one right. at some point. I like I that. I think she would dig it. She should be a guest on that <laughs> on the episode. Uh, All right, okay. Adam, how about you? So I gave my wife this task too. My daughter actually wanted to be a part of it too. Her favorite movie, Evelyn's favorite movie last year is Avatar Two. So there's the shout out for oh, that. Nice. So the way of the water, that was her favorite one. Turning red got mentioned up there as well. So, uh, and she also is a big fan of Jurassic World Dominion. I'll just throw out there: my kids are currently obsessed with Strange World, which Ooh, is now okay, on Disney Plus. That's a good one. Uh, my wife, though, uh, I, I forgot a movie. So Bullet Train is her honorable mention. Uh, number ten is The Stranger. Mm. Number nine, Hellraiser, the new Hellraiser movie on Hulu. She pushed herself to watch it, and she loved it. Eight is her documentary. It's Our Father on Netflix about the doctor oh. who used his own sperm to impregnate people. Um, uh, seven is another Netflix movie called I Came By. It's another really good one. Six, The Valet. Five, Look Both Ways was another Netflix movie that she really loved. Four, The Woman King. Three, The Black Phone. Two, Black Panther 2 or Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And number one, Barbarian. Wow. Oh. My wife hated Barbarian, so that's uh, that's my wife's list. So a pretty, a pretty, pretty good, pretty good list. She's a so big wife... uh, Samara Weaving fan too, huh? <laughs> well, I think it was more like that. That comedy really worked for us. Uh, my wife still needs to uh, see the Woman King. However, I bet that would have been on the list too, which might have made a, a quad wife approved uh, <laughs> movie there. All Before right. Before we cool. get to our fives, can I can I run and check my stove real fast? And you guys, all can right, put on me. Yeah. For a second. Okay. Go for it. We're not. Oh. It's, just, we're, we're, it's not like we're live on YouTube or anything like that. <laughs> Party foul. Oh. How long does this last? <laughs> there we go. A lot of a lot of booze for Zach as he leaves. That was pretty cool. I like doing the doing the wife list. I thought that went uh, that went really well. Shouts out some movies that we probably won't wouldn't mention, but it's uh it's good. It's good to throw it, out there. It, it, it's true. It's true. While we throw while we wait, I had my daughter actually look at. I have a whole top ten list. Of my, oh, my go daughter. for that. Go for it. I want to hear it. Number ten, the valet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Number nine. The you have black, some influence there. The black phone because she she was like talking to strangers. Like, this is why you don't talk to strangers. So we showed her the scary mm. movie and she hasn't oh done it gosh. since. So um, eight, Beast with Idris Elba with a killer Talion movie. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Lovely. Seven, Turning Red. Six, uh, Bring It On. Cheer or Die. That's the movie, apparently, that she watched. I guess I don't know how she watched that movie, but that's what she wrote down. Uh, five, uh, Halloween ends. But yeah, that don't. Yeah, that's uh, that's. I don't know how she watched that one. Uh, four, <laughs> Firestarter. Nudge, nudge. Yeah, I, I, Firestarter. I know, watched, I know she watched wow. Firestarter. Yeah, three, Nope. Two, Jurassic World Dominion, and number one, Avatar Two. So wow, so I, was... I I don't know uh, where half those movies came from, but yeah, at least uh, that's what she watched. <laughs> Supposedly, that is that is impressive, Zach. I think she were, just uh... I I think she just liked the movie because I gave her my letterbox. I'm like, here, which movies? Do you, write down the movies you watched, and uh, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure half of those movies were like the, probably the best poster. Probably, probably. <laughs> You would hope so, Zach. You, mi- you missed so. uh, Adam's daughter's uh, top ten. I thought it was Avatar 2. Well, that was her number one. She, she He gave the whole top ten. This oh, is wow. what she wrote down. Yeah. I'll All read, right. I, I'll read She's it later. She's a fan of Firestarter. Nice. <laughs> Glad someone, some love for Firestarter. Yeah. Time for the top fives. Starting with me, my number five is RRR. The, the international sensation. Uh, I was... I. I I kept on hearing about this and I watched on Netflix. I'm like, I got to see what this movie's about. And it is just an insane, crazy thrill ride for three hours. And it, it, it is, it is so much fun. It tells the story of these two guys who are bitter enemies, but don't know it. And they end up becoming best friends. And then they have to deal with, uh, with, do they, do they, uh, keep with their friendship or do, do they keep with uh with their duty uh it is a it, it's a cool story but also just the way they blow this out to the extreme is so much fun the music is great my kids are obsessed with not to not to uh it and uh yeah it, it's a it's an awesome awesome movie and it's my number five made the top five and Adam's not Adam's missing. Adam rushed okay. to go see it. He's going to get all three hours of it in because it's yeah, a, oh, he's back. It's fun. Uh, I wish I had seen it on a big screen because like yeah. watching it with the bad dubbing and stuff is kind of distracting. But it, it is definitely a spectacle and something that I've never really seen before. But I'm not entirely sure it worked for all uh, you know three hours. But it uh, it definitely was a lot of fun. <laughs> Not do not do not do not do not do not do. Yeah, you didn't watch it, that with your kids, did you? No, no. I just showed them the song, and then <laughs> yesterday they found some uh, some uh, tutorials, dance tutorials on YouTube, uh, where you can learn the dance. Not to not to. It's yeah. Best. What's the best dancing scene of the of twenty twenty two? Is it is it from RRR or is it from Wednesday? Very big TikTok. Oh. <laughs> TikTok yeah, things. I I, I, ha- I haven't. I think you're the only one that's seen both of those. So, well, that was a dumb question to ask then, as it was. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, Zach, number five. Did, did Rob Zombie have a dance scene in the Monsters? That's really the big takeaway so far of this podcast. <laughs> that Rob Zombie made an adaptation of the Monsters in 2022. It's horrible. They're supposed to be making know. a sports movie. I think he's still scheduled to do that. Yeah, not so good. Anyway, my number uh, my number five is my latest ad- uh, addition to this list. It kind of blew up my list this week. Uh, it, I have not talked about it on the podcast. It, ha- it has a grand total of 267 votes, so I'm, I'm doubting. It's a true Zach movie. It will be a Merlot. Hey, you had to do it. We needed we needed the sub. Now, Todd could still throw out a random Asian movie with under 1,000 votes as his number one. So that's still in play. But I um, think you saw it had 267 votes on IMDb and said this movie's making my top 10. What and then it, before you watched it, absolutely not. Uh, I'm surprised that this few people have seen it because it's not on one but two streaming platforms Canopy and Hulu. And uh, I don't know if it's here's the thing this is this is the real reason, Terry. It's 69 minutes. Now we're talking nice. That's my kind of length for a movie. Okay. (laughs) Maybe even Rachel getting married is my 69th favorite movie. So it's obviously (laughs) got to be something great. Uh, We are entering some questions about, is this a movie? But Petite Mama was like 70 minutes, wasn't it? And Todd had it high on his list last year. So I'm going with it. The real reason why it might not be a movie is that it's kind of a mixture of documentary and essay film. It is a film called Three Minutes, A Lengthening. And uh, it's not a sexual entendre, Adam. So just get that out of your mind. But Three Minutes, A Lengthening is, you see there, uh, it is not a, a double entendre. It is actually a really uh, beautifully powerful documentary-ish. There we go. That's almost the spelling. I think we'll go along with it. Um, and uh, it is about um, a discovery of uh, home movie footage um, by this uh, guy who you know was looking through his grandfather's stuff. And the footage ended up being of a Jewish town in Poland in 1938 and he looked at this three minutes of footage um and basically wanted to find out more about it um his grandfather took the footage and it was his grandfather's hometown but obviously basically everybody in the three minutes of footage uh you would assume lost their lives during the holocaust because the nazis invaded uh shortly after the footage was shot um the the uh film the filmmaker's grandson um, in this case, his name is Glenn Kurtz. He donates it to the Holocaust Museum. And the whole movie, the whole entire 69 minutes is just the three minutes of the footage. There's no cutaways. There's no interviews. There's no stock footage or B-roll or anything like that. Um, it's almost like the exact opposite of what Claude Landsman did in uh, Shoah, where he didn't show any archival footage. It was all interviews for 10 hours. But this is thankfully only an hour, nine minutes. Um, in, in a way, it's kind of like that. I think the night and fog maybe of this generation, if you're, if you're familiar with the Alain Rene film, that's like 30 minutes long, but it's unforgettable. This movie is also just unforgettable. You watch this footage over and over and over again. It's almost like the Zapruder film or something. You get to know all these people, uh, except you really don't find out their names and you don't find out what happened to them. I think you can assume what happened to them. Um, it's, uh, deeply unsettling. It's deeply, um, disturbing to watch there's accounts that are read 
And the camera, there's one account where literally the camera zooms in for about five minutes until the footage gets super grainy and it's unrecognizable. And it's really true. It's the stuff that you imagine when you hear dialogue like that or narration like that, that just is more vivid than anything any filmmaker could capture. So again, essay film, non-narrative film documentary. I don't know what it is, but uh, the filmmaker's name is uh, Bianca Stichter. And um, her and Glenn Kurtz, I think, have done an amazing testament to the memory of Holocaust victims and Jewish uh, populations that were liquidated in the 30s and 40s. And um, it's a it's a beautiful piece of filmmaking. I don't know what it is, but three minutes of lengthening is uh, definitely deserving on my top 10 list. It's a comment that came in from Cassie. There we go. Canopy only really counts if you're a librarian or a movie geek. It's true. Mm -hmm. It's true. Well, it's hopefully very we can get in our house. <laughs> hopefully, we can get three minutes of lengthening up to two hundred and seventy votes at least after this episode. Not from you three, but from the three people watching our stream, of course. Let's hope but, so. Uh, Let's hope so. Maybe get it in libraries. Let the people decide. I like it. I like it. Todd, number five. Uh, number five is something else. It is Bones and All, directed by Luca Guadagnino. <laughs> nice. Um, currently it's only available for like a full price rental, but the Blu-ray is coming out February 14th. Um, yeah, but I saw it in the theater and it was, it was wild. Uh, Taylor Russell is a star. She plays Marin and she's a young woman who is in the opening sequence. She kind of like chews off her friend's finger. So it kind of lets you know that she struggles from this little thing called cannibalism and her father played by Andre Holland, uh, tells her to run off you know so she's on the streets where she meets this creepy older cannibal played by uh, oscar winner mark rylance in the just the wildest performance of the year and lee which is played by timothy chalamet who um develops a strong bond with her and uh you start to get glimpses into why she is the way she is and you get sort of a true blood kind of feel making it clear that cannibalism is a stand-in for something else in the movie and um it plays with the coming of age film uh genre sort of the same way that uh, american honey does and which is another film that i just adored and you get some insane side characters played by like michael stuhlbarg and david gordon green and chloe sevigny as uh, as Marin's mother it's um there are images that i'll never forget and i'm positively like shocked at how good this was it's 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 also a little strange you know look at guadagnino's making a cannibal romance with timothy chalamet when he was in a romance in a movie and come by your name with a real life cannibal. So it's a little weird, but um, either way, <laughs> this is, um, it was the biggest surprise of the year. Wow. And uh, it's like the Ryan Murphy ish, like sensibility is the only thing that's holding it back from being like a bona fide four star masterwork, but uh, it, it still is an absolute, it's a killer. And I love, I love bones and all number five. That's a great connection you made there that I hadn't thought of, but that was brilliant. Oh, <laughs> uh... Back, yeah, there was, yeah I was definitely in my mind watching some of those scenes. I was like, yeah, this, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Haven't yeah, this, seen it yet. This rank is my eighth worst movie of the year. Um, <laughs> probably the Margaret of this generation. Um, <laughs> it's awful. I, Rylance would be my worst supporting actor. <laughs> <laughs> comment from one Zach Saltz on the YouTube feed. Wow, Todd with cannibalism hot take. <laughs> I like that emoji of you. That's nice. That's nice. nice. 
Any anyway, you're commenting. <laughs> on your, are you watching us while we re- while we record it, Zach? Yeah, it's it's fun. <laughs> That's brilliant, brilliant. Cassie. As he says, it, it that is a bonafide review. <laughs> wow. You nice. well, see, we, I mean, what, what I love about it is I knew Zach was going to hate it, and I, and I know that it's going <laughs> like half the people that watch it are going to think it's like an abomination and half the people who watch it are going to think that it's like it's like it's like a an all-timer so i don't know yes cassie this is the one you heard about i think i told (laughs) the story when todd reviewed it that she heard uh someone talk about how they knew the author that and this was going to be made like back in march yeah right i remember that story Mm -hmm. all right moving on adam number five all right let's talk about it terry uh, the Batman. Yeah, there it is. Five for me. All right. So this movie, uh, a lot of people criticize Robert Pattinson from being uh, being casted in this film, and also the Nirvana like song that played over it. Uh, but it's a solid dang Batman movie. It is very self contained and isolated. It is by far the best uh, comic book adaptation in the last few years. Um, it's a shame with DC is like there's a mess right now, but this is definitely the bright spot of what's going on with their company. Uh, I, I love seeing all the different supporting act, uh, characters here. Paul Dano does this great turn doing his own portrayal of the Riddler, not really borrowing anything from Jim Carrey's from Batman Forever. We also see Kravitz doing this great job as Catwoman here. There's her third th- or the fourth actress to play that character and bring something a little different to it as well. Uh, Colin Farrell being unrecognizable as the Penguin is brilliant casting there too. Uh, I think it's just a really cool noir film. It's uh, it's definitely long, but it's it based off a very long kind of comic book. Has placed really long, um, has ties to the the what the Long Halloween or the last. It's, it's something that definitely brings a lot of villains into it. I, I can't remember exactly what the comic book it ties into, but it's a. Uh, it's a just a dang fascinating movie that is really entertaining, especially as a comic book slash Batman fan. It's uh, one that I couldn't stop thinking about. And the best review of all, the best moment I've had of this movie is that we were watching it, and there's parts where it seems like it's going to end. And uh, my wife's sister was watching with us, and she does one of these numbers. <sighs> I'm like, what? What's wrong? She's like, it's long. I was like, yeah, but I love it. She's like, it's good. <laughs> I just wish I was at home. <laughs> so that was her, her take <laughs> on the movie. Uh, but uh, it was it's a damn good, great movie, and it uh, didn't really waver out of my top ten since I've seen it. So number five for me. Terry? Yeah, I had it I'm at number five. seven. Uh, this was probably the, I'd say, the coolest vibe of any Batman movie, or maybe any comic book movie I've seen, because it it does something so different uh yeah i am vengeance i am the knight i am batman yeah uh he he does some matt reeves does something so different with this and it works so well for batman i mean it it, a lot of people would say yeah it's seven but batman is doing it it's uh it, it it's a it's a film noir but it works and it works because it's it's Batman. And I love that we didn't have to go back and do another origin story because we have a new Batman. We just jumped right into it. The the villains are are amazing. I mean, talk about having a great year. Paul Dano going from Riddler to uh to uh 
to then the Fablemans. I mean, this is it, it that's crazy. And then also talk to Colin Farrell. I mean, Colin Farrell is unrecognizable in this, and he's had an amazing year too. But uh, yeah, I, I I I don't know if it's a better movie than The Dark Knight, but I think it's definitely a cooler. Uh, a, it's a more original uh, thing than The Dark Knight because The Dark Knight had a had a vibe very similar to what had been done before but yeah well, i i i just love this and and the love never kind of went away yeah and the, the cool thing too is that we got to see a uh, detective batman he is known as the greatest detective uh great detective and then we actually get to see that in this movie we hadn't really seen that in the other fifteen thousand adaptations of the character so uh definitely cool to see that yeah all right Moving on, do you guys have anything to say about the Batman? I mean, we, we all liked it, right? I mean, we all, I mean, I think so. And Paul, yeah, I mean, Paul Dano is just nuts in that movie. <laughs> I love it. it. It was, it was great. It was in the, definitely my top 25. Zach says an Atom salt. list without Batman is not an Atom list. Well, but, nope. the, but he's not animated, though. So that is true. true. Did, would you have liked the movie even more? Would it have been like number four to one on your list had it been animated? They did do the same kind of no because I they, they did this animated story a couple years ago and it, 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 it they broke it into two parts. It's, of course it's not it did. Good. <laughs> well, I have it. I'm at number oh, yeah. twenty seven, which I can't believe I have that high, but that I think that speaks to the fact that it's a pretty good movie. So I have it twenty one. Yeah. There but we I haven't go. Seen it since it came out, so I mean it could move higher if I watch it right. again. It's just the three hour thing. It didn't need to be three hours. That's the only thing. But it went it. it it blew by though. I don't. I don't think it. It. Uh, it felt like it didn't feel like a long three hours. That's there what are we two say hour about movies, our podcast too. There are two hour movies that felt longer than the Batman this year. So, all right, moving on. Number four, and it's back to me. And I already know this is the movie that you guys are going to uh, give me the most grief for for having on my list. And oh, I don't really care. Go. I don't care. Because it is pro- it is the most Terry movie on my list. Uh, I only saw it recently, and oh boy, uh, it, oh god, it, it are we really here. going there? <laughs> Number four on my list is a man called Otto. Oh my, where's the booze? It's, it's, it's and the you, best you're Tom saying Hanks that because you it oh well, <laughs> better yes. than Pinocchio. Yes, it Pinocchio? is the best Tom Hanks movie and, of the year. Yes, better than yeah. Pinocchio. That is definitely better the than Elvis was referring to, and it's better than Elvis. Yeah. Uh, this movie, I, I was, everything I'd heard was, it is kind of surprising how good it is. And then I watched it and it is better than good. It is, it is amazing. It is, I mean, who's the director? Tom, is it Mark Forster? It, uh, Mark, For- Mark Forster. Yeah. Mark Forster directed this. It's based off of a novel that was also made into a, a foreign film that was nominated at the Oscars a few years ago. Tom Hanks plays this old curmudgeon. Uh, that is, uh, and we all know that the grumpy old man in the neighborhood who uh, who just kind of hates everything and everyone. It's got a it's got a little bit of uh, of up in it and Carl Fredrickson and kind of how he uh, how he operates and how he interacts with the people around him. Uh, but then you start to learn more about who he is and how and uh, why he how he became who he was, his past, and uh, and it's he's kind of brought out of his shell when some uh, neighbors move in next door or across the street. Uh, it is, it, it's, it's a, it, it's a perfect Jimmy Valvano movie. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. It makes you think, 
Uh, and and I love that about this movie. It it is it is funny. Tom Hanks. I mean, if I say it's the best he was this year, it's not really saying much. But I would say it's the best he's been since Captain Phillips in a movie, which might also not be saying too much. But he is that like I I could see this being in like a top maybe not top five, but top ten performances from Tom Hanks, which is saying something considering what he's had throughout his career. Uh, he plays this plays this character perfectly and all the different supporting characters i mean some of them are you're kind of wondering what in the world is going on but they really uh they really grow on you kind of as auto grows on you and as they grow on auto uh it, it is it is definitely a, a sentimental heartfelt movie which is why i love it which is why most of you will probably hate it uh you spend the last 15 minutes crying uh it is it's a it's an amazing amazing movie and uh, yeah, you guys are hating on it because you haven't seen it yet. Number four, it's a man called Otto. Well, well I, one of my favorite memories of this year when uh, we actually get to watch a movie together, we saw Babylon and you leaned over and was like, I've heard really great things about it. So uh, mm-hmm. that's that's my takeaway from a man called Otto. So far, I haven't seen it yet. I kind of like, do want to watch. I know it's a kind of a remake of it. But see, it. Yeah, see, it. see it. It's written by it. the guy who wrote Finding Neverland. So that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I- <laughs> Finding Neverland, I think, made my top 100. So, yeah, yeah, true, true, yeah. true. Did you like Otto so much that he would win the Nicole Kidman Award? Would he? Would you go to a movie with Otto? He could drive you there because he offers driving lessons. He does offer driving lessons. He's got a cat too. He does have a cat. Lifts I don't know if I. I don't know if I'd see it with Otto. There's there's some other characters in that that I might see it with. That's got to be our almost sideways award show now. It's like movie you character you'll see a movie with this year. Yeah. That was yeah. a great idea. Great job. That's a good idea. All right. God, you guys gotta see it. How do I? How do I follow up that? I know you're you're gonna get assigned <laughs> it if you don't watch it at some point. So, all right, Zach, number four. <sighs> wow. All right, number four. Uh, number four is the movie that we reviewed not too long ago. It's a movie that apparently Adam and Terry went on a mandate for and whispered sweet nothings. It is uh, Babylon. M- Merlot. All right. Oh, there wow. we go. We got some Merlot. I like it. I like it. That was cool. that was in question. That was going to be your number one. So that was what Todd and I had talked about. I think it. Yeah. So there we go. Merlot. Wow. Merlot. Merlot. In case Merlot. you forgot. Merlot. Merlot. <laughs> in case you forgot. Yeah. All right. All right my, number four, number four. my number four is a documentary. It's called Retrograde and is directed by Matthew Heinemann and is currently on Disney+. Plus. It is a chronicle of the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. And I think Heinemann is one of the best documentarians out there. He is at first a journalist. So when he heard like something was brewing in Afghanistan, he goes there and he films everything on the ground level. It's astonishing because of how close he gets with both sides. He interviews the Americans that are making the decisions and like relaying the orders to the officers and disbelief. He also gets close to like Sami Sadat, who's the Afghan general, and also the citizens who are trying to escape the Taliban. Uh, You get the full scope of the situation and it it, like the withdrawal um, uh, and what it did to everybody involved. And um, it's it's about war. It's about like the power of the human spirit and like standing your ground when you're facing something horrible on the other side. It's easily the best documentary I saw in 2022. And the first to firmly be in my top 10 since 2016. I, I, I thought Retrograde was a masterpiece. Nice. Nice. I yeah, I forgot about that. I've heard that, uh, great things about it. 
I hadn't seen it. So is it was this shortlisted by the Oscars? Yeah, it was. I mean, it's popped up ever it's needed to, but it it is yet to be like one of the it's a win anything big yet, which is kind of unfortunate. But it is one of the like whatever ten or twelve that are shortlisted, and it's did nominated this, at the Critics Choice, I think. Did this actually end up being a good year for documentaries? I mean, I have two on my list. Todd's got one. Like, and we haven't even mentioned Descendants or some. Uh, I know you guys weren't huge on uh, the the Laura Poitras movie, but I mean, there's there's some high profile docs out there this year. I yeah, I mean, the highest, highest had, doc I on my list like is. I like Senior the, a lot, and I liked Art and Crimes by Crimes, and obviously Jackass Forever. If you count that as a doc, <laughs> Senior and Fire of Love are the high, two highest on my list. Yeah, I like Fire of Love too. What's up, Jess Mike? Good to see you. It's been a while. Hey, hope nice. you're doing well as well. All right. Well, Adam, it's your time for your number four. Perfect. This was Merlot, and it's probably going to get Merlot again. I have Tar. Merlot. Oh, we got more Merlot. Dun, dun, Keep it coming. Dun, dun. <laughs> All it right. <laughs> All right, time to move on. That means we're moving on to number three. And number three on my list, I don't know, it might be Merlot. We'll see. Number three on my list is the Banshees of Inishirin. Merlot. There it is. Oh, that's six now, I think. Wow. I said seven and a half. It's still possible we get more. All right. So that means we're moving on to Zach, number three. Uh, well, Adam didn't have to wait long because my number three is Tar. Oh, I thought and, this was uh, number one. It, well, it's pretty fantastic. I mean, everything that we, ha- we had a good conversation about it. Todd, I don't think Todd was there for it, but it was, uh, it was fun. <laughs> Um, no, I think I'm thinking back. I saw it before you guys, so I couldn't say anything about it. That's what it was. There was something off about that. Um, Adam, I think was the most recent watcher of this movie. And obviously he has it high on his list and I have it on mine. And, and uh, it's an awesome movie. Um, and you know, Kate Blanchett, great, all time, great performance. Uh, cool story today from the New Yorker, cool profile of Todd Field that basically tried to refute the argument that he's done nothing for 20 years. It kind of detailed and cataloged um, exhaustively all these things that he tried to move off the ground that just were stuck in development hell over the last 20 years. Interestingly, there's an anecdote where he says that he didn't like the fact that Harvey Weinstein got in the bedroom and he was crying about it. Tom Cruise came to him and said, listen, show the movie, Harvey's version of the movie with test audiences and have them poo-poo it after the movie got great reviews at Sundance. And then you'll get your own cut of it. And he did that and it followed. Anyway, I'm sorry. It has nothing to do with Tar, but it's a cool story about William McHother's Mac- half-brother, Tom, Tom Cruise. Anyway, um, Tar. Yeah, Tar is a great movie. It doesn't have Tom Cruise in it, but it's still a great movie. And Kate Blanchett is, uh, you know, she's going to win a, her third Oscar. Um, this is the movie that I wish the Oscars would embrace. It's a movie that is about the Me Too movement, but it actually shows a lot of complexity uh and it's so well written and the movie you don't know where it's going um there's sequences in it that are just mesmerizing i think it ends beautifully you regardless of if you like the movie or not you're gonna have something to say and think about it it's a jim delvano movie except for maybe not the laugh and uh cry but think did you steal that jim delvano line from me by the way i think i said that you've used podcast. it before can we use it before the jim <laughs> let's do the jim delvano award for a movie the movie that can make you laugh cry and think it's not tar 
Um, but it will make you uh, think a lot. And I thought a lot about it. I'm still thinking about it. It's it's a masterpiece. All right. Adam, you had it number four. Why don't you go next? All right. So, yeah, Tar, I saw it two weeks ago, and I, I withheld my rating from it because I didn't want to, like, spoil that where it might fall on it. Because uh, it's a four-star film for me. It's uh, it's it's fantastic. I thinking into it there's one movie i was like i'm not sure i'm gonna like this movie and then the, i watched it and i was just kind of blown away mesmerized by Kate blanchett it definitely talks about a lot of the me, me too movement stuff but i was completely guessing where it was going to go and it just kind of got enthralled and the more i thought about it the more i just really enjoyed the hell out of this movie and i thought phil this is a fantastic job and I, I think this is would be of all the movies that they're talking about for best picture i would be like all on board for support to, if this one if it won it so i I definitely it's one of my most uh surprising watches of 2022 because i didn't think i was going to like it as much as i actually did and i blanchette being on every sequel scene of the movie is definitely a testament to her ability to be one of the better best actresses working today so uh definitely deserving of a win even though i think rebecca hall and her are like neck and neck for performance though so but she's fantastic so definitely watch tar if you haven't all right, Todd, yeah. you had this number nine. Yeah, I had a number nine. Um, I mean, Todd Fields, uh, both of his first two movies are on my top 100. This one isn't as good as those, but it's a different kind of thing. It's like expansive. It's Kubrickian in his scope and sensibilities. Yeah, and the, um, the, um, the the scene at Juilliard is the best scene of the year, like by far. Like, I mean, th- there's nothing that touched that ever since I saw it. And um, it digs deep into things that you don't really want to hear or talk about but you're just hypnotized by it and uh, i mean your jaw is on the floor watching it it was i think i've never felt quite the way i did during this i don't think all of it works but it doesn't really have to i mean i mean every you're gonna get something else out of it everyone's gonna get something out of it it's only divisive because if you can't get past the message of the movie but i mean it's it's a master making his like making his thing at the top of his game and it's an amazing movie i can't wait to watch it again i've only seen it once which is because it's still not streaming anywhere unfortunately but i i i do think it it is a truly remarkable piece of art yeah yeah i'm the one that doesn't have it on my list uh it's i need to i know you can boo me if you want i need to watch it again uh it it's it's in my top 30 right now but again it's it's one if there's ever a movie this year that that needs a rewatch it's this one um there, there's several movies i think you could say that about but this is definitely one of them so yeah so i love this term too kubrickian, kubrickian. that is an awesome term yes it is it is so tar number 30 a man called auto four three no four three, four you're right four, four. i like four. it Yep. You're sticking, you're you're being authentic, Terry. That's the important thing. Lydia Tarr <laughs> had a problem because she wasn't very authentic. She was a phony. But Terry is the real deal. Uh, I, I, you, you know what to expect from me. Let's put it you that way. You weren't friends with uh, Lenny Lenny Bernstein, so that that's good. I'm really disappointed that I didn't get an extra point for the EGOT category last week, Adam. I said Lydia Tarr. <laughs> she is a real person, according to most people. So I think I should have gotten a point. I should have won that trivia. I also now when but I, think I still about, would have beat you because I I won by either one or three or seven five points or five, yeah. no, five points. And you still you get lost a point too because you didn't watch the right movie. Yeah, but I made a funny comment during power or during trivia, so that should be extra. I, I 
Oh yeah, good um, point. I was also gonna say um, this was it was fun talking about this movie when we were doing our most anticipated movies of the year because it was my number one, and then Todd put Clerks three, which is just hilarious that You're that welcome. ended up being as it was funny at the time. It's funnier today. But uh, it's really great when your number one most anticipated movie of the year actually delivers like this movie absolutely did and was totally unlike anything I was expecting. I remember that list. I said Babylon number one. You're like, I don't think it's coming out in 2022. I remember that. (laughs) Bad predictions from the Oscar uh, fortune teller. All right, Todd, I think you're up next. Number three. Uh, So for number three, I have uh, it's Top Gun Maverick. Merlo. Okay. Oh, double Merlot. Wow. Merlot. Blink twice as long now. I know. I know. All right. I mean, Zach, you're up next. Number three. Oh, no, uh, no, Adam. 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 Oh, cut no him off. Swords here. Adam. Adam. Number three. What's my? Oh yeah, I had. Oh, oh, I didn't make the slide for it yet. Yeah, this is definitely the highest I've had it. Uh, any horror movie this year. It's Barbarian. It's making its list here. Oh, it's definitely wow. an movie. Nice. It I is love it. Freaking fantastic, man. I didn't see a single trailer for this. I just remember listening to you guys' podcast and uh, hearing that Adam is going to love this movie. And I watched it when it came out on HBO Max. Didn't see a single. Again, trailers suck, by the way. Don't watch trailers. You'll you'll like movies a lot better that way so I didn't watch the trailer my wife and i watched it and we're like okay cool this is going cool i think the guy who uh, you know scars guard's gonna be the killer here then all of a sudden what the hell just happened and it goes into this like weird uh me too thing with justin long i was like okay cool cool he's despicable yeah very punchable face there yeah 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 okay cool cool yes, yes. and then all Maybe of a sudden it goes into this freaking yeah. thing with amazing richard Br- Brake coming in here too and it's like holy cow it's one of those movies that i'm trying to be very secretive of where the plot goes because it is it takes a twist and turns there that is completely an adam movie it uh a very enjoyable horror film that kept me on my toes i didn't know where i was going and it's just a, a bloody good time and yeah go hug your mother that's uh just just a, 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 just that somebody just wants to be a mother just you know just wants a baby a kid so yeah, yeah just be be nice to your mother there you go that's what i'll say i love that this is on your list <laughs> yeah and you say that's it was Arlette's number one as well right yeah she she was right there with me too she loved it just as much so you're revealing something also that uh the black phone is not on your list even though i know you gave that four stars so. i updated it my list i updated the rating <laughs> no you was, listen, there, was you there a rewatch of Uncle it Zach. You... i i did a rewatch of black phone it is fantastic but i couldn't get it i i thought x and or, or pearl x pearl and barbarian were all and nope were all better horror movies evelyn okay. liked it though it was on her evelyn list liked, yeah 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 did she like it more than uh firestarter though i i can't remember no firestarter was, was higher than okay. black phone <laughs> all right time anyway, to move on barbarian Watch to it. number yeah. two. Uh, number two on my list is possibly the biggest gut punch I had at the movies this year. It's Till. Ooh. Um, mm. it, yeah. Uh, directed by Chinonye Chukwu, uh, starring Daniel Deadweiler as the mother of Emmett Till, tells the true story of the, the lynching of that young boy uh, in Mississippi. This movie just wrecked me uh it it i feel like it does uh it does the story justice 
It tells the story so well. Daniel Deadweiler's performance is just outstanding. And uh, yeah, this was, I, I, I normally go to the theater on Friday, Friday nights and do a double feature. And this was part one of my double feature. And I went home afterwards because I couldn't imagine watching anything after watching this because it just, it just hits you and it, it doesn't, uh, it's not heavy handed in how it handles the topic. It's not, um, it doesn't try to hit you over the head too hard with anything. It just is honest and true. And that's what makes this movie so brilliant and so great. And so, yeah, number two is tilt. Yeah, I, I like that movie a lot too. I wasn't on that one when you reviewed, I believe, but it was. Uh, I or I didn't. I didn't see it in time. It, yeah, it, it is. I don't, did we review it? I don't know if we reviewed it as a. Oh, no, that's right, we did. And you, uh, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't get to it until later. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I really liked it too. It was. It's in my top twenty-five. It, it's uh, it's something you will not forget, and it is is treated in a in a a very respectful way, and in a way that uh, most movies of the kind would not do. Yeah, we were when we reviewed it, Terry. I, I liked it, but I complained that it, it wasn't a Spike Lee movie, which you, uh, with every bit of validity, uh, said I was an idiot for saying. So <laughs> I agree with you. I cut, I praised it for it being not being a Spike Lee movie. I know, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it probably does work better as a non Spike Lee movie, but I really would have liked to have seen what he did with that character after the main events of the movie. But maybe that's the movie that needs to be made. I've never. I haven't seen this one. This is. I haven't seen this one yet. Oh, you need to watch it. it it's a necessary watch, and it kind of it kind of disappeared pretty quickly, and it's kind of been forgotten about in a lot of ways, and which is a bummer. Is it because streaming it's, anywhere? I don't know if it's streaming anywhere yet. I don't think so. Looks like just rentals. Yeah. Full price rentals. Okay. All right, number two to Zach. All right, number two is uh, "Happening" by Audrey Dewan. It is the story of a uh, young woman in France in the early 1960s at a time when abortion was illegal in France. She's played by Anna Maria uh, Vartolomé in what I would consider the best performance I saw in any movie this year. And uh, she is in urgent need of an abortion. She has an unwanted pregnancy, and of course, they're really hard to come by. She's a university student, and she feels as though having a kid at this time of her life in her early 20s will derail any hope for a career. Um, and she has a lot of ambition and lofty goals in her life. Um, her parents have a lot invested in her too. There's some really quietly powerful scenes between her and her parents. Of course, she keeps it from them, this vital piece of information, but I like that the director, especially in the first 45 minutes of the movie, really gives you a glimpse about who this young woman is. We really find out a lot of information about her. We also find out that she's not um, an easy person, I guess. Like she's definitely someone who uh, is is does things that you wouldn't expect and you wouldn't expect in a movie that you assume to be a message movie. And it just makes her fully realized and, and um, just rich in its portrayal. Uh, the movie goes places that only the only other movie I can think of is four months, three weeks, two days goes um, in how gritty and raw it is, but it also has the, I think emotional power of, of never really sometimes always, which was my number one movie of last year. Maybe I, I just have it or two years ago. Maybe I just have a thing for abortion movies, but this movie of course is powerful because it came out in the year that Roe v. Wade was grossly overturned by our Supreme court. Uh, and it just makes it for all the more impactful of a movie, although it would have been impactful, even if that, 
event hadn't happened. Um, it is a, an extraordinary watch. It's my number two of the year happening as a movie this experience. Uh, maybe kind of what Terry was saying about Till for me, it was just unforgettable. And you know, that hour and 45 minutes, you just feel like there's nothing else in the world. You're just glued to the screen and it's amazing. I, I don't watch think, this one yet. I don't think anybody has seen this. So. No, I've not seen it. Yeah, I, it was one of the ones that I was on the the few that I wanted to watch before, and I didn't get to that one. Yeah, I think this is one of the mentioned. We mentioned it. Like we thought this was going to be like your number three or four, but it's definitely uh, one that we knew that's going to be pretty high up on your list. So uh, definitely, uh, it's one that I need to watch as well. Yeah, I remember Zach saying uh, that Babylon and Tar are the only two movies that are going to be remembered as the masterpieces of 2022. So, uh, and those were not his one and two. So, that's well, yeah, I, 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 will this movie get remembered? <laughs> it's not even getting remembered by the French official submission committee. I mean, they didn't even go with it. So, uh, and with all due respect to Saint Omar, it's a much better movie than Saint Omar. But um, the it, I hope gets it gets more remembered because it obviously has an importance in the world we live in, sadly, but it's also a great movie. But apparently I'm the only one in this podcast who who saw it. So all right. Well, speaking there. of French movies that didn't get uh, shortlisted by France, my number two is called Paris 13th District. It is by my favorite French director, Jacques nice. Audiard. Uh, it just actually just this morning popped up on Hulu. I saw that. And uh, this is actually nice. co- co-written by Celine Siama. So it, uh, it has a, a decent amount of pedigree around it, but uh, apparently nobody has seen it. Uh, it's it, uh, it stars Lucy Zhang, who gives one of my favorite performances of the year. And she's a call center operator, and she rents a place with Camille, who's this guy who crosses paths with the student played by Nomi Merlant, who is also in Tar. Um, and, but she's mistaken for a cam girl, played by Jenny Beth. It's one of those interlocking story films, but which is something that we got a lot of like a decade ago, but we haven't really gotten a good one in a while. This one's absolutely brilliant. It's three women, one man. They're all sort of strangers. They're all sort of lovers. It's um, one of the most authentic of these interlocking story things I've seen in a long time. And it almost reminds me of like the best kind of Guillermo Arriaga script, but like not as like artificial. I, I have no idea why it's being ignored and why nobody's seen it. I saw this back in July and it just like floored me and I I, I loved it. It's one of the most memorable things I saw this year. And um, yeah, so it's on Hulu. Everyone should watch it. Yeah, I never even heard of this one. So that's awesome. Not the French movie I thought you were going to go with. Um, but do you think this movie will be remembered as a masterpiece generations to come? If people see it, I guess. I don't know. I, I rented it I, I because I love uh, Jacques Audiard, but I, I have no idea if anybody's going to be interested in this movie, but I think it, I think it is amazing. It was one of my only two four-star movies of the year, so... Two four-star movies. Wow. Which is more than last year when I had, when at this time I had zero. And that's why Yakuza and the family was my number one. <laughs> there we go. Terry right. sees two four-star movies a week. And I, I like that. <laughs> I like that Todd's list always has this. There's always some relatively obscure foreign movie that none of us have heard of. Although Adam pulled that shit a couple years ago with uh, the drinking movie, but like and uh, a new order last year that yeah, that's right new order i still haven't seen that um but uh i, I love it this is, what, this is what we're here for is the picks that are out of nowhere exactly like comment. i said this is our watch list for the next uh next six months my favorite comment from the new order one was this wedding and massacre perfect adam movie <laughs> <laughs> it's like like rec three <laughs> yeah uh all right adam what's your number two well, we're going to take a trip in the danger zone. 
We're taking Top Gun Maverick out right Hello. now. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, I, there's somebody, only one movie left. True. For I somebody you know what, who go ahead. three and a half stars originally, Terry. I know. I know. I'll talk <laughs> so, about that. You know what? Go ahead yeah. and talk about it because I, I'm next after you. No, so okay. Go. So I upgraded my rating on this too. But yeah, I, I'm up four stars for this one as well. I've watched this the most of any 2022 movie. I did my little like end of the year on my iTunes as well. My number one song of last year was Hold My Hand by uh, Lady Gaga from Top Gun. So a uh, very uh, popular uh, film and song combo for this year. But uh, yeah, this is a far superior film than the, the original Top Gun. It's one that I'm just, I, I want to watch more and more because it just it has that watchability factor to it. Tom, Tom, Tom Gunn, Tom Cruise is fantastic. <laughs> in it. Tom, Tommy Gunn, <laughs> Tommy Gunn, Rocky five. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, my favorite part of the movie, though, who is you'll see pop up on my uh, best supporting actor list is Miles Teller. I, I think he is fantastic as Rooster. I, I really enjoyed the stash. Uh, the big meme was people walked into the theater clean shaven. They walked out with a mustache. It's a fantastic uh, film. I, a fun... <laughs> Wait a second. How That's did... a brilliant. <laughs> that was like that's the, the, the that. big meme. I'm... People walked into a, uh, the movie theater, walked out with a mustache. This was like a it's... thing. You're not just making this up. No, I, I saw many videos <laughs> like on like on uh, what's that app called that uh, TikTok and Facebook. It was on the TikTok. It was on the Tiki Tok. Oh, those kids so there. so old. They love growing wow. mustaches. I, I dated myself like Terry. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, Top Gun is just a fantastic film that is, uh, uh, I don't know, entertainment and uh, film going. It's just an experience. And uh, go on. Why is it also on your list, Todd? Um. Well, I mean, I just think it's a it's a miracle of a movie. I'm so glad that they held on with it for two years so they could watch it in a theater because it is it, it, three, is, right? it has some of the most yeah, intense. Yeah, number three. Uh, it's uh, some of the most intense stuff I've seen in in years. The acting, like Adam said, it's way better than it has any right to be. It yeah. in every oh. single way surpasses its its predecessor. And like the scene with Val Kilmer is just devastating, oh, heartbreaking. And, the the relationship with uh, with Penny is like quirky and but also kind of real and obviously Miles Teller is always great. I think it's the best blockbuster since the Last Jedi. I, I I think Top Gun Maverick is the real deal. It's amazing, and I'm I'm sure I'm I'm obviously not alone in saying that. So, well, now it's my turn because it's my number one of the year. And yeah, so this this movie, yeah, when I first watched it, I gave it three and a half stars. And was and thought, you know, there's something there, 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 it could have been a little better. And then as I sat on it, it just kept getting better and better. And every movie I watched that was great, I said, it's great, but it's not Top Gun Maverick. And I mean, I, I don't think I've seen a movie more than once in theaters since college. I saw this one three times in theaters and I actually wanted to see it more. Uh, I would have loved to, to go back and see it again and again and again. It is. It, it, it's it, I mean, you you when you go to the movies and you see this movie, Tom Cruise would come out and say all the stuff beforehand of I'm so glad you're seeing this in the movie theaters. And it, it's why you go to the movies. It's why you watch movies to watch stories like this, to watch movies like this. It, it's it's intense. It's uh, it's fun. It's heartbreaking. It's it is the best of the year. And yeah, it, it, it this is one where I have no idea how the hype actually lived up and exceeded and i love the first one right 
Like the first one was in my top 100 of all time. And this one, I, I think it, I think it has surpassed it, which is insane to even think about for me. It's, it's a top it's, 100 it's, movie now. It is like the most watchable movie you could possibly think of. So my number one, Top Gun Maverick. Nice. The question is, I, what's wrong with Zach? <laughs> he gave it three and a half stars too. I'm still on the mustache thing. Like, <laughs> I, it's a very different connotation if you're talking about the '80s Top Gun. You want to grow a mustache after seeing it, but uh, no. I mean, uh, obviously, this is this is a great movie. I think the real question is um, over under amount of time statute of limitations until we do a deep dive of this. I mean, it sounds like we're in uncut gems territory here, where it may be necessitated six months from now on Paramount Plus. When, when when we did when we did the six month anniversary deep dive of Uncut Gems, <laughs> well, it's already been over six months since this came it out. Has, it's true. It has. That's true. But this is the year video month, yet. The one month or the one year anniversary that we could do that. One year anniversary. I will. I will say. I know it's on my list. I'm a loser. You can boo me. If that movie won Best Picture, I would. I would be so happy. It, it, it would be absolutely fantastic if that won Best Picture. Josh, Mike, I love Top Gun. I even got that from my dad for Christmas. Yeah, I think my dad would have loved it too. Like, it's just, it's just a great movie. Great yeah, movie. I, I got a text from my dad a week ago saying, "Do you have Paramount Plus?" And I said, "No, <laughs> oh, no I know what that's for." He said it was the best movie he's ever seen when he's not in the theaters. So. Oh, yeah, better yeah. than Remember the Titans, huh? I, I, oh, yeah. So, that's what he said. yeah, it was very, very great. All right. Well, that's one number one. Now it's on to the next one. Zach, what is your number one movie of 2022? All right. Well, I was just going to add, who's winning the Nicole Kidman Award in Top Gun? Maybe John well, it's Rooster, man. You got to go see the movie with Rooster. What about Ed Harris? He seems like he would be a curmudgeon. <laughs> Maybe him and Otto could go. Hondo. Go see the movie with Hondo. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Not yeah. Bob. Don't watch it. Because it depends Bob. on the movie. I think Jennifer uh, Conley, true. she's bringing in some drinks. Like, that could be real fun. And we know that Val Kilmer wouldn't talk. Was that too soon? <laughs> that was too uh, soon. What's I'm your sorry. number one? Okay, number one. My number one is not Top Gun Maverick, believe it or not. It was only Ooh. number 18. Um, my number one is a movie I assigned Todd a couple weeks ago. I told you. It was the French movie that I thought he was going to talk about. It is uh, Gaspar Noe's Unforgettable Vortex. Uh when we did our top movies of the year back in July, I had uh, Happening and Vortex in this order, too. Um, I have gone back and watched Vortex again, and it's just as powerful on the second time as it is the first. And uh, it tells the story of, according to IMDb, an elderly couple stricken by dementia in their final days. And uh, that's a good uh, apt description, very succinct. Uh, Dario Argento and Francois Lebrun play the couple. They've been married forever. They live in, I think, one of the greatest apartments in movie history. Um, and he's some sort of film critic. Um, my conspiracy theory on the movie is that he's actually have he has dementia worse than she does. She comes off as someone who's very confused and gets lost. But I actually think, and Todd, you can feel free to interject. I feel like she's a little more with it than people realize. And he's a little less with it than people realize. And that kind of comes into play because they have a really fascinating relationship with their son, who's played by Alex Lutz in the movie. He tries to care for them, but he can only do so much in part because the father is so rigid uh, and inflexible about doing anything. And, um, you know, you know what's going to happen. I mean, the movie is absolutely tragic. Uh, it is 
really ugly. Uh, you know, a lot of death in movies comes off as so pretty and refined and everybody wants the Oscar death scene. This movie is smelly. It's messy. It is uh, unending at times. And it just is so raw. It, uh, I, I'm a big death fan, I guess, in movies. I like movies about uh, trying to understand the mindset of people. I love uh, Amor. We all love the father on this podcast. But this movie just takes it to a whole nother level. And uh, just a, a watch. Uh, talk about gut punches. Uh, this was a total gut punch. And Noe is a provocateur, but he's grounded in reality. And this movie is more terrifying than anything he could have possibly conceived. So, or anything anyone with CGI could have conceived. It's 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 an amazing uh, work that I think, along with happening in Tar and Babylon, will be remembered many generations from now. So you're not the I only person I've seen this on the top ten of. Sorry to cut you off. Um, I've seen uh, one of our people I follow, Spooky Astronauts. She had put this Ooh. in her top ten as well. So shout she, out to Spooky Astronauts. Got some good, got some yeah. good taste. Yeah, Emma over there at Spooky Astronauts. Yeah, she does primarily a lot of horror uh, related reviews. Good astronauts. But, she, but uh, yeah, Vortex was on her list. I think it was like number seven, but she really liked it as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy this is your number one. I mean, it, it does seem like a definite Zach number one movie, way more than Babylon does. Uh, and I mean, he he definitely is worse off than she is in a lot of ways. But I'm not, I don't. I mean, your uh, your just, theories are interesting. She just can't. She can't. Or she can't speak very well. That's the problem. I think her brain is more there than than his is. I didn't even mention that this whole movie shot in a split screen. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah. you, it's like you watch it. It almost becomes secondary and. It's like it's a great device, but it doesn't. It's it's like the opposite of 1917. It's not a gimmick. It actually kind of accentuates their like literal physical separation, alienation from each other, but also in a way they're kind of you know, their bond. Uh, yeah, no, I, when, like I said when, when I reviewed it, like it, you, you get to the point where you almost feel like you can't live without it. Like at first, mm -hmm. it's like weird, and then it's like I really want to see that now. Always, <laughs> like I, I, right. I want the second point of view. And it's 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 amazing how it was shot too, because it's like you know that you can sometimes see hands that come in both sides of the frame, and I don't know how they shot how how he shot it, but it, it's it's remarkable, and I think that ending is just. I remember just sitting there in a the theater, you know, and I couldn't, I like, I mean, this sounds so hyperbolic. I, I like couldn't move, you know, but it was, it was an amazing experience and it translates, I think, well in home viewing as well. All right. Did I have a Moving comment on comment oh, yeah. Cassie real quick. Yeah. should have uh, that's entertainment. What would a that's entertainment include? Like what would the highlight be in a that's entertainment montage type of deal? maybe i think that so. could be an yeah. interesting interesting discussion yeah. you don't know what that's entertainment is you should look it up they're pretty cool watch it those every are, new year's eve those are the old like musical things right yeah those are the old uh mgm highlight reels of yeah. uh of old musicals and, and it would stuff definitely include auto giving driving instructions <laughs> there we there go. you go there you go all right todd number one all right uh, my number Already one, there. as I'm drinking my Irish oh, fucking whiskey. Yeah, okay, good. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I was is, like, what are you? Hold up. Pump the brakes. Is uh, The Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah. Uh, directed by Martin McDonough. It's on HBO Max. If you haven't seen it, you're you're crazy. Uh, Colin Farrell is the star. He plays Podrick. And he wakes up one morning and to find that his friend Colm, played by Brendan Gleeson, who should be winning the Oscar, has ended their friendship. Carrie Condon plays Podrick's sister, Siobhan. 
and um, <laughs> yes. who, uh, who uh, lives with him and he is, is super supportive and helpful while sort of being like a firecracker herself. And uh, Podrick uh, tries to find out what happened and what he did. And it just digs Colm further into his convictions. And we eventually see why he has uh, decided to have this abrupt change in, uh, in heart. And it's a movie about like, what is life is worth living about having people around you that holds you back like the about the power of sibling relationships and the importance of like general niceness it is the best cast of the year the best script of the year the best direction of the year gleason gives the best performance of the year i turned it on the other night just to get a sense of it again and five minutes later i was over an hour in it's a <laughs> it's a perfect movie a masterpiece in every sense of the word and it is on my top 100 of all time the Banshees Ooh. of Inisherin is the best movie of the year. Top 100 of all time. Wow. Yeah, this was my number three. And I I agree with a lot of what you just said. Uh, it is, it's a movie that's so profound in its simplicity in telling what feels like such a simple story. Like, what, you don't want to talk? Why don't you want to talk to you? You liked me yesterday. Uh, well, but, I did, did I? <laughs> But, but it, it it tells it, it it means so much more. It talks about your, um, you know, legacy and and an impact that you want to leave behind. And what does what do you want that impact to be? And what is that impact? And how you as a person can how you interact and impact the the world around you, and uh, and what it means to be a part of a community. Uh, it is. It's it's brilliant. I I love the first shot of the movie, and and then like how you see the the ending of the movie and how much Colin Farrell changes throughout the movie. It's oh, it's just such a great great portrayal of so many different things. And then you add, it, it, I feel like it's kind of like Fargo, in the fact that you have this really really cool profound story. But then you add to it the quirkiness of it being in a part of the world that is just odd to begin with. And and that's why I feel about how the just the Irish sensibilities play into this movie, too. It, it's it's brilliant. It's a great movie. Yeah, well, at least two of us agree. At least two of us agree. <laughs> it's currently my number 27. Yeah, it's my 29. I was wow. going to say, I heard someone say that it's a really good look at uh, what ghosting would be in the 1920s. All you kids out there, <laughs> ghosting, no. you know what that is? I think they know what that is on the TikTok. Is that from a ghost story? <laughs> on the TikTok, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I well, I'll definitely agree with Todd about one thing. I would give it to Brendan Gleeson over our, our, our pal Barry Keegan. As, as good as he is in this movie... Brandon Gleason was my favorite part of the movie. I thought he, every scene with him was extraordinary. I, I yeah. think in my review, I said I would just YouTube mash up all the scenes with Brandon Gleason. He's great. The scene of him in a burning house, that is the image from that movie I, I will never forget. I don't remember the opening shot like Terry does, but that was a great uh, shot in that movie. Yeah, agreed. The opening shot is something I remembered on a rewatch. Like going back and rewatching it and seeing just the happy-go-lucky innocent nature of of uh of Colin Farrell it's great uh Cassie says the best kind of odd that that's a great way of putting it for sure 
I'm also really right. glad we hit on the Todd plus uh, one half uh, Boy Meets World references. I'm glad we got that in there in that hit. <laughs> All right. We got one more to go. Adam, tell us about your number one. I think we already know what it is. Yeah, Topanga would approve of my number one, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Babylon. Uh, okay. Uh, so I, I was giving this some thought, man. I, I had so much fun watching this. Like this and Top Gun had to be my favorite like theatrical experiences of the year. I think I love this movie so much more because of just how quirky and how crazy, how chaotic, how over the all over the place it was. The uh, the great performances from you know uh, Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, Diego uh, Celia. Um, no, I pronounced his last Calva. name. Calva. Calva. That's what it was. I knew it started with the C. Gene Smart, even Flea. Uh, great performances from the whole cast. Damien Chazelle just proves that he's a masterful filmmaker there, and he just is able to put so many pieces in the background that it makes me want to go but watch and just watch the background of the film because I think there's so much going on there. The um, uh, There's parts of it that really are poignant, and then it goes into this really crazy Adam territory with Tobey Maguire. It's it's just this crazy, chaotic movie, and so it's a love letter that wraps up perfectly for uh, the film industry as well. Uh, and it is just proof that Chazelle does it's just he knows what he's doing. He has he took on this really big project. My one of my favorite spots of the movie was when you know we talked about Tom Cruise introducing a movie. Margot Robbie introduced this movie to she's like it's so great to be seeing it in front of all these fans. And there's only like ten of us in the theater, and we know this movie flopped, uh, but it yeah. was just a fun it was a fun time. And and the best comment out of the whole audience was the lady behind us when Terry, Cassie, and I saw it. <laughs> Uh, was that I'm going to take a nap now. I'm going to go to sleep now. Yeah. I'm going to go to sleep now. It, it was a great film. And for that reason alone, that's why it's the tenant of this year. My favorite film of this year. And that lady's last, at least favorite film of the year because she took a nap. Maybe the nap was really good. Who knows? But uh, yeah. So Babylon, number one for me. Zach, this yeah, was your number four. Don't knock taking naps during movies. Just um, not that about one. it. I'm trying to think if I fell asleep during, I don't think I did. Um, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great movie. Um, I'm glad it's your number one, Adam. Uh, you know, it, it, it maybe the, my, my one reservation about it is that maybe it feels more like I like it because so many people don't like it. Um, if this was like the Oscar front runner at this point, would I put it number four? I'd like to think I would, but I think that I, I just think that I like how divisive it is. And really put another way, what that means is that Damien Chazelle took a lot of risk in the movie. And um, I think it, it all pays off. I mean, there are sequences in here that are just uh, amazing set pieces, but there's also like actual good scenes too. Um, of course, Margot Robbie, the, the, the sound testing thing is unmatched. Jean Smart, her scene where she talks to Brad Pitt, great scene. I think mm -hmm. that's great writing. That was beautifully uh, articulated and comes up at the end too. And then the ultimate final scene of Brad Pitt. I mean, we've seen like scenes like that in a lot of movies like this. And that one really worked. Uh, it was great cinematography. And I mean, it wasn't particularly shocking, but it was like really Im impactful. Um, and, you know, whether it's the high notes, the loud banging on the piano, or whether it's something much subtler, you know, that this movie makes great music. And not incidentally, Golden Globe award-winning score by this by Justin Horowitz, best score of the year in my opinion. I, I, I you listen to Natu Natu, I listen. No, what was it? Natu Natu. No, you listen to the Lady Gaga song. I'm sorry. 
on your uh, on your yeah. uh, phone. I listen to uh, the music from uh, this movie because it's it's fabulous. It's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. it's great. Yeah, this is one I probably was a little too a uh, little too harsh on when I first watched it. I need to watch it again, uh, and I might move up my list. But uh, yeah, I feel like it, Otto it's great. would fall asleep at it. He'd be the one that would say, "I'm taking a nap now." <sighs> You need to watch it first before you. Oh, you invited you crapping this. on it. You knew this was going to happen. I you totally knew this was going to happen. Number four on your list. You don't expect a little bit of, of, of pushback. Oh, I, Otto has said there was a an elephant on drugs and pooping on camera. This is ridiculous. Uh, he would he would just go. That's all. No, I, that's because about he'd all he would be, do. He'd be the co-pilot on the airplane. He wouldn't say anything. He would just be a big blimp. Perfect. He's Otto. <laughs> Oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Shout out to Joshua Traxel. Uh, all right. So that is uh, that is what we got. Let's let's recap ten to one, and then we'll uh, shout out some honorable mentions before we reveal our almost sideways top five films of twenty twenty two. So uh, for me, number ten, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Number nine, All Quiet on the Western Front. Number eight, Armageddon Time. Number seven, The Batman. Number six, Vengeance. Number five, RRR. Number four, A Man Called Otto. Number three, The Banshees of Inishirin. Number two, Till. And number one, Top Gun Maverick. Zach. I feel get bad that you guys are going to have to spell Inishirin the rest of your life anytime you write this as your favorite movie. <laughs> it's a hard word to spell. And Banshees. Yeah, I had to look double check it. Banshees ain't easy either. He just liked the double SH. That's what he says. <laughs> I like I, one of the real quiet motifs of this episode was Adam's spelling. I think we give a shout out to Adam's spelling because most of the time he got it right. Three minutes he butchered. I don't know how you messed that up as bad as you did, but the rest of them were all pretty good. What did I say? I said three men. I abbreviated minutes. Well, it's, I, it's also a length. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Rewind that. Uh, my number 10, I don't give ties, so I gave it to Pearl. Uh, number nine was All Quiet on the Western Front. Number eight is Watcher. Number seven, On the Count of Three. Number uh, six, Bad Axe. Number five, Three Minutes, A Lengthening. Uh, number four, Babylon. Number three, Tar. Number two, Happening. And number one, Vortex. Cassie says her favorite soundtrack at the moment, too, is Babylon. So you got to vote nice. there, Zach. Todd, 10 to 1. Number 10, St. Omer. Number 9, Tar. Number 8, The Woman King. Number 7, Duel. Number 6, All Quiet on the Western Front. Number 5, Bones and All. Number 4, Retrograde. 3, Top Gun Maverick. 2, Paris 13th District. And number 1, The Banshees of Sharon. There you go. There you Damn go. Damn right. <laughs> Adam, 10 to 1. All right, number 10, After Sun. 9, The Stranger. Uh, 8, Nope. 7, Resurrection. 6, Pearl. 5, Batman. 4, Tar. 3, Barbarian. Uh, 2, Top Gun Maverick. And 1, Babylon. All right. Now for some honorable mentions. Let's see here. We've got a slide. There yeah, it is. Honorable right. mentions. Are going to do like 15 to 11 or are we just, are we just going to do uh, I've got 11 to 20 ready. We could do 11 to 15. I don't know. What do you want to do? Either way. I'm going to do 11 to 20 and you guys can do whatever you want. Uh, my number 11, the only four-star movie that had to miss my top 10 is She Said. Um, I, I wanted to get it in there, but it just couldn't fit. Uh, number 12, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. 
Nice. The best non four star movie of the year for me. <laughs> uh, number 13, Elvis. Uh, number 14, Avatar The Way of Water. 15, Nope. 16, I'm surprised. Well, not surprised, but it's the first mention of the movie. Number 16 for me is Everything Everywhere All at Once. 17, mm-hmm. Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. 18, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. 19, Apollo 10 and a Half, A Space Age Childhood. And number 20 is The Outfit. Mm. Zach, honorable mentions. Uh, my number 11 was uh, The Stranger. Number 12 was I Love My Dad. Now, I'll, I got to say something about that. I Love My Dad was probably my favorite comedy of the year. Uh, great Patton Oswald movie. There was a time when that movie was up to my number five. If we had done this on New Year's Day, like maybe, you know, it would have been cool to do. Um, I would have been probably naming that my number five of the year. I went back and rewatched it. It's good. It's number 12. It's not as good originally. I was not a fan. Really? You didn't like it? I thought it was really terrific. It was cringy bad. Like bad, bad cringy. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's good. It's good cringy. It was like uncomfortable. But anyway, I I think it's hilarious. Um, Number 13 for me is Kimmy. Number 14 is After Sun. Number 15 is The Forgiven. Um, And The Forgiven is, I think, um, a better version of my number 16 movie, which is Triangle of Sadness. Very similar movies. Um, And uh, The Forgiven is also the McDonough movie I liked the most this year of the McDonough brothers. Uh, 17 is, is this black enough for you? Or is that black enough for you? Number 18, Top Gun Maverick. Number 19, Apollo 10 and a half, a space age childhood. And number 20 is Playground. So two votes at number 19 for Apollo 10 and a half. I like it. I like it. Todd, honorable mentions. Tell me your number 19 is Apollo 10 and a half. Uh, I have that down at number 75. 75. Oh, God. But it's a three star movie. I don't know. Okay. So I had 21, three and a half or better. So I'll just start it. Uh, I'll start at 21, then just go up to 11. Number 21, I had The Batman. Number 20, I had Seven Days, which is the COVID movie I told everyone to watch. Um, Number 20, or no, 19, I have uh, The Outfit. 18 is a documentary called Art and Crimes by Crimes, which was a really cool um, yeah, documentary about art. Number 17, I have uh, Vortex. Number 16, I have Corsage. I can't believe Terry didn't like that. It was like a better <laughs> version of Marie Antoinette. I don't know what he's talking uh, about. No, it's horrible. Otto wasn't fif- in it. Number 15, I have uh, The Stranger. Number 14 is Our Father the Devil, which is nominated for oh, Best yeah. Speech at the Spirit Awards. It's about this uh, this lady who comes across uh, a warlord who slaughtered her family, and it's uh, yeah, it's 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 really good, really dark, really good. Uh, number uh, thirteen, I have Cha Cha Real Smooth, which it seems to just be completely forgotten. I I freaking love that movie. I've seen that on a lot of top tens recently though too. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why nobody else is giving it credit because it was a really cool movie. Um, number twelve, uh, yeah, I have Emily the Criminal, which uh, unfortunately yeah. here does not like. No. <laughs> and, Number 11 is uh, On the Count of Three, which I, I felt really bad that I had to bump that off for St. Omer, but uh, it, is a, it, it is a great movie. I really like all of those, all those 11. All right, Adam. All right, so I'll, go, I'll do the same thing as Todd of going down from 20. Uh, the, the Woman King, Black Phone is number 19, 18, Clerks 3, nice. 17, The Fablemans, what is this? First That's... mention of the Fablemans. 16, I was surprised the... they didn't make a list. Yeah, 16, The Whale. 
15 RRR, 14 The Menu, 13 Kimmy, the movie I delivered toilets for that actually was back backstage when they were filming a scene. It was nice. really hard to get off. Inside information. Yeah, 12 all I knew there's a riots. That riot sequence in that movie. I was I was right around the corner from there. Uh, 12 All Quiet on the Western Front and number 11 X. There we go. All right. So those are our honorable mentions and now it is time are we doing top 10, like for the best picture lineup? Uh, we top usually just picture. do top five. Okay. Let me look here. Yeah, we should just do top five. So to pay some stuff off here, we had seven overlaps. I'm right under the over-under. Yeah, seven. And we had nothing was, uh, was on all four lists, but we had three on three lists. So those were... Here- with Top Gun, Tar. Well, we're going to find out because here we go. Oh. Number five on our almost sideways top five of 2022. Number five is Babylon. Number four, The Banshees of Inishirin. Number three, All Quiet on the Western Front. Number two, Tar. And number one, Top Gun Maverick. Hell yeah. There you go. Just as we predicted it. We knew Top Gun Maverick would end up our number one of the year. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I find it hilarious that that is what ended up as our number one of the year, though. That's pretty great. Going into this year, I don't think anybody thought <laughs> that it was going to be even close to that good. That'd be number one for anybody. I know. And here I we know. are. Here we are, and it's our number one of the year. So the almost sideways best movie of 2022, Top Gun Maverick. That's pretty great. That's awesome. I love it. That's because it's my number one. But that's a great top five, though. Top Gun Maverick, Tar, All Quiet, Banshees, and Babylon. the The only other two uh, overlaps were the Batman and Pearl. So Not that's six and list. seven. All right. Do we have quote of the day? Yeah, I got one. Do we have? I, I didn't have one, but we'll. If you've got yeah. a quote of the day, let's hear it. Strawberries. Not the cheese. Womack. With a little sex in it. Quote of the day. Adam, go for it. All right. So this is from the menu. It's kind of like how we put our, our list together. This is uh, Ray Fiennes' character, Chef Slowback. Taste. Savor, relish, consider every morsel that you place inside your mouth. Be mindful, but do not eat. That's how we kind of put our list together. And of course, you have to follow that up with Top Gun Maverick, where Maverick says, trust your instincts. Don't think, just do. Put your list out there, folks. Let's go. You got to do both of those together. Nice. So my quote is going to be, you told me not to think. <laughs> told me not to think. Yeah, that, good. That, that's my quote. That's my quote of, quote of the day. Very quote nice. Zach, you got one? My quote comes from Nicole Kidman. We come to this place <laughs> for magic. We come to AMC theaters to laugh, to cry, to care, because we need that, all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when the lights begin to dim and we go somewhere we've never been before. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn together. Dazzling images on a huge silver screen, sound that I can feel. Somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Our heroes feel like the best parts of us, and stories feel perfect and powerful, because here they are. On the Almost Sideways podcast. Nice. 
Well done. Well done. All right. Why well, two quotes written down? One of them actually was about Nicole Kidman. So I guess I'll start with that one. It was <laughs> a quote uh, from Barry Keegan. Uh, he, he said, talking about, I think it was uh, uh, the killing of sacred deer. He said, it's not often you get to sit in front of Nicole Kidman in your boxers and eat with a big bowl of spaghetti. And uh, I think we can all relate. And yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. And the quote to end us is, uh, is a quote uh, from the Fablemans. It's David Lynch as John Ford. He says, now, good luck to you and get the f- out of my office. And that's how I feel about this podcast. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Well done. Well done. All right. With that, we're going to draw this podcast to a close. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Almost Sideways podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching live on YouTube or watching whenever you end up watching this on YouTube. It will be on YouTube. We'll be back at you next week with another episode where I think next week is our deep dive, right? No, now it's time for something completely different. Mrs. Doubtfire, right? Next week? Doubtfire, dear. Yeah, be checking that out. We've got got two episodes left of the Almost Sideshow, looking at Barry season season three, episode by episode, till we run out of episodes. Uh, Adam, what do you have coming out next week? Uh, well, this last week I did Mrs. Doubtfire, Son-in-Law, and uh, Kronos. Kronos. Next yeah. week I have a first-time watch of Curious Case of Benjamin Button. First-time watch? And The Dark Knight, yeah. Oh. You've never Dark seen Knight's The Dark Knight? Watch. No, that's that's the rewatch. <laughs> the Dark Curious Knight. Case is the, is the rewatch, yeah. Or the first-time watch. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll, uh, we'll be back at you next time. Until then, have fun watching movies. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Despite your crass behavior, I'm glad we were able to do this together. Siobhan? (laughs) Siobhan.